listening to the Eccentric Section Podcast with your hosts Breezy Getem and Jody Bro. On today's podcast, we got one of Pittsburgh's most well-known comedians, an upcoming entrepreneur, and a fellow wrestling fan, the Steel City Heel, Matt Light. Mm. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Of course, dude. You're actually our first non... Well, I can't say non-wrestling related because you, you've been involved in the wrestling business. Right, right. Somewhat. Yeah. You're, you're our first non-full-time wrestler, and I... I figured it was definitely good to have somebody on that transition, you know, with you not only being a fan, but being in the business previously. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. I did a little bit of wrestling. Uh, I was a manager uh, for a couple of months at a promotion called VOW uh, ran by my buddy, Bill Molnar. Uh, and then I was a uh, creative, uh, what was a creative director at Blackcraft. I created Blackcraft wrestling. Uh, I did so good uh, that we we lasted ten months. <laughs> wait, wait, you said you so you started Blackcraft wrestling like personally? Yeah, it was. Oh it shit! Was, okay. Yeah, it was. It was me, Bill, uh, Brandon Lombardo, and then Bobby Shubinsky from Blackcraft. Okay, cool. Okay. So I was originally going to start off with the, the whole let's talk about your comedy, but since we're already in the, the whole wrestling thing, then yeah, I mean let let's just start off there. Then, uh, so what was your first memory of wrestling? Uh, I was watching some some match uh, with Ric Flair and Hogan as a kid, uh, and I wanted Hogan to win, and my uncle was just laughing at me, uh, <laughs> wooing and shit, and uh, I. I just remember I hated Ric Flair when I was like two years old. <laughs> um, but I mean, my actual real, real memory of actual wrestling was probably I went to the 1995 SummerSlam. Uh, I'm a diehard Shawn Michaels fan. You can see my Shawn oh, Michaels hell yeah, standing I see in the background. Uh, so I remember that weekend was a lot of fun. They actually did like a, a fan, a fanfare thing that fall, that weekend. So the day before, uh, you could meet all the wrestlers on the Gateway Clipper. Oh, and like shit. Million Dollar Man was there. And like apparently Million Dollar Man was required to like carry like $10,000 on him at all times. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, a lot of those guys had to stay in gimmick at all times. Right. Like, imagine being like Kamala and you had to fucking walk around like the giant. <laughs> right. <at all> times. <laughs> His gimmick now would suck. You'd walk around with no legs and dead. <laughs> yeah, would, right. Right around. <laughs> No, but I mean, like, it was so cool because he would walk, he would literally have all the money in his hand. And they did a, um, it was really cool that it was like the Pittsburgh police and firefighters did a tug of war between the WWE wrestlers. So one of them was on one boat and the other one was on the other boat. And then if you lost, you fell into the river. Oh, shit. Uh, and the shit. wrestlers beat the shit out of them. Let's go. <laughs> it, was like, it was awesome, man. So, yeah, I mean, that was probably my first memory of an That's actual. Dope live events do you still watch wrestling regularly today uh yes and no so like i'm up with the product that you know i'll be watching bits and pieces of wrestlemania on saturday um i typically uh will see what's going on i get frustrated a lot with the product 
And it gives me, it's really hard for me to stay entertained when it's the same thing over and over again. Oh, uh, dude, I 100% agree. So, I mean, like the, the most wrestling I've been watching recently uh, is uh, AEW. Um, and, and, and honestly, it's for uh, uh, MJF. I think he's awesome. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, dude. And then Britt Baker. Um, Fucking right. th- those are the two that I really watch. Uh, and then, but, you know, I like Bray Wyatt, The Fiend. I love that whole gimmick. But hell yeah. Uh, I think, you know, they fucked him up very early and very quickly by giving him the belt in like four months. Yeah. When he's like a larger than life character where he doesn't need the title. Like, I can't remember any Undertaker runs with the title because it's it almost never like mattered. a Jake the Snake thing to where like how Jake the Snake, you just remember him for his presence. Like he never yeah. really had to have gold. So it was like, I felt you could have did the same thing. Not that yeah, the man. Fiend shouldn't have gold at some point in time because of Bray Wyatt definitely deserves it for what yeah. he brings to the table. But like just his presence alone to me speaks for itself. He, he's amazing, dude. I got to talk to Jason Baker and Jason actually created uh, his, his costume, mask. his masks and everything oh, like shit. that. He did the mallet and all that. He worked with the Bludgeon Brothers. And, uh, you know, it was so interesting to hear like how Bray had this whole gimmick planned for like three years before he even did it. There's actually a thing on WWE's YouTube where wrestlers were telling scary stories uh, and then Bray Wyatt did it. And you can find it three years ago. He's literally describing what the fiend looks like, where the fiend is from. And this is when he was still, uh, you know, the Wyatt family cult, you know? So he told you what he was going to do three years prior. I mean, the guy's an absolute genius. He he comes from a wrestling family. And uh, to me, he just was so entertaining. Uh, And then the only other wrestler, over on the other side, I like the Miz. I think he's cool, but I'm a huge Dolph Ziggler fan. I, I have been since day one. Uh, he to me, he could have been the second coming of Shawn Michaels. Mm. Uh, I think he sells better than anybody in the business. I think he's a great wrestler, but I, I just feel like WWE uh, really dropped the ball on him after he got his concussion uh, after fighting Del Rio. So yeah, Dolph Ziggler was one, and now that Adam Cole is still active in the way they push him very frequently in NXT. I feel like they have a second chance at that. I feel like the comparisons already when he was in like ring of honor and everything, everybody's always said Adam Cole's the next Shawn Michaels because of yeah. not only his size, but like the super kicks and everything, you know? Yeah. He, I mean, and he's, and he's good looking. Like he's yeah. a hot dude. Like he, he's just like the pretty boy Shawn Michaels, but he can perform. He can entertain the guys like him too. The girls obviously love him. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a big Adam Cole guy as well. Is there uh, any matches looking back that from the first time you watch wrestling to now that really stand out being your favorite matches? There's, it's it's so bad. So like, if we went from like era to era, uh, the latter match Shawn Michaels, the second one in Pittsburgh SummerSlam, that one was huge for me because I was there. It's nostalgic. I think it's HBK's best ring gear that he had. That those those blues that he on the Aqua Blues. Um, I think he's reaching to grab them actually right now. Oh, okay. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go. So I um I love that match. Uh, I loved all of HBK's uh, WrestleMania matches. I mean, like, you know, you can have your streak Undertaker, but like Sean really was Mr. WrestleMania. I mean, his matches against The Undertaker were phenomenal, both of them. Uh, his match against Ric Flair was awesome. Uh, those stood out to me. But, but a match that like – I would say over the last, <laughs> excuse me, five years, it stood out to me 
was uh, the Intercontinental title versus uh, the career, the Miz versus uh, Dolph Ziggler. It's a match that nobody really talks about, but like the crowd behind Dolph was so awesome because, you know, everyone really thought that he was going to leave WWE. And the rumor is he actually didn't have his contract signed leading up to that match. Oh, shit. So he didn't know what the fuck he was going to do. And that's why everybody was so excited and, and stunned when he won, you know? That's dope. Yeah, yeah I'm imagine go back and watch the, way, the way WWE drops the ball on like creative and their their writing. Mm-hmm. Imagine them fucking having them win and them just like not being booked the rest of the. Well, they did something. Show. They did something weird like that with him before. They had they had a triple threat match. It was like Baron Corbin versus, I want to say Bobby Roode and then uh, Dolph Ziggler for the U.S. title, and Dolph was the last minute entry in it. He wins. And then the next Monday, like Monday after the pay-per-view, he shows up with the belt and says, you don't deserve me, and leaves the title and walks out. And it was like, what was the point of all this? You know, you need to give him a run. You spoke on owning or creating Black Craft Wrestling. Mm -hmm. What was your, you said something about being on the creative team? I pretty much booked the whole, like we would book the whole thing collectively. Um, The problem was, is that we had, too many chefs. Um, so it was, I was supposed to handle, you know, the storylines, uh, you know, the scripts and everything like that. Uh, Bill was supposed to be the one to contact for booking and all that information. Brandon was supposed to be the audio and visual guys, you know, doing all the camera work, the editing, the production, all that awesome shit that me and Bill couldn't do. And then Bobby was kind of the guy with the vision that, you know, just was like, I trust you guys. Go to your thing. Bobby's the one that also owns Blackcraft, like the clothing, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So, like, it, it here's how it started. Like, we, I had a, a shirt idea for Bobby, and uh, it was said, uh, "Wrestling is real, God is fake." And I was like, "Let's make this a shirt." And I remember then, when it was a gym bag. I wanted that shit so bad. I know, dude. It was. It's sweet. It's a little pleather gym bag, man. And that's, that's actually so what we would put the title in. Um, but yeah, we just had that idea. And then like, he reached out to Bill go, Hey Bill, like, I know you've done wrestling before. I'm thinking about doing my own company. And then, you know, we were, uh, we were going on the ball with it and we started talking to, uh, Colby Lopez and, um, who else was it? I think Alistair Black helped us out a little bit just on like what ideas to do and things of that nature early on. And luckily because that clothing line was so big, that we had a jump start where we could have been the most successful indie business if we had a little bit more time to prepare and to do things because we already had the hype. Every wrestler wanted to work for us, man. And um, so it was just hard because it was like all of those guys, we were all booking people when it was only supposed to be one person's job. Okay. And then like the storyline would be like, cause they both Bobby and, Brandon lived in LA, me and Bill are in Pittsburgh. And we would be like, last minute, we would see these scripts of people that we didn't book. And it's like, we can't have a five hour fucking show. Like we yeah. didn't know that these guys were, coming. you guys had WrestleMania at every fucking show. <laughs> we really did though, man. Like our first show was fucking awesome. It had, a, it had a Gothic ECW vibe to it in Pittsburgh. That's uh, We had Ronnie Radke and falling in reverse perform word. That's actually really dope. It was unreal. But here's the thing though, like that, I thought that was cool, but like, I also understand where wrestling fans will boo those guys and not like them because they're not there for that event. So like, yeah. we had like 
we had like 40, like 15 year old girls sitting in the front, like by the stage waiting for that. Yeah. Not yeah, knowing yeah. What the hell is going on with the whole wrestling thing? <laughs> yeah. You know, and we got, you know, we have Doug Bradley who played fucking pinhead uh, coming yeah. out and people just like, what is going on? So <laughs> we, we really had something special. Was he um, actually like involved with the storylines or was it more of a guest spot? No, he was in the storylines. Like he was our Vince McMahon, the preacher. Okay, uh, he cool. was in all the pay-per-views. He did all of them. And uh, but w- what we realized is that his our budget for him uh, was it was pretty expensive to have this guy booked. So I was like, yo, we gotta just fucking kill him off. Like we can't <laughs> and then and then we literally killed him. We had Matt Justice oh, slit his throat. That's badass, dude. At, at our pay-per-view, our no apologies. Oh, that's fucking bad. And he's bleeding, his throat is bleeding all over the fans. And it was we it was the worst <laughs> pay-per-view we've ever was he, had. Was he like, excited to, damn, to do man. that though when you guys brought the idea to him? Yeah, so like I got to talk to Doug a lot, and it was like it was something that was new to him. Um, his uh, he had he has connections to Elias, without getting in depth on how he knows him, um, and so he was fascinated by the business. Didn't know much about it. Didn't really like wrestling, but we were explaining to him our vision on it. How. We wanted it to be like a, like a Lucha Underground, but like meets American Horror Story. And we mm. wanted to have actual storylines that were involved, man. And it's such a bummer because I've been trying so hard to bring Blackcraft Wrestling back. I was going to add, that was my next question. Yeah, I want to buy it. Like I told Bobby, I said, give me a price. I will buy it because I want the name. Like I want to, but he, he just doesn't want to put it in, mm. you know, so it sucks. But um, I, I, I'll, here's what I'll say. Never say never um, because we really had three amazing shows and we had one terrible one. And that was because we had Joey Janela's spring break. Uh, we followed and they <clears throat> like he buried us on Twitter. He was pissed off. Fuck. He was like, oh, this show's going to be X amount minutes long. Like it's too long. It's going to be a fucking spot fest. It's going to suck. Oh, shit. Here's why though we outsold them. We outsold every indie wrestling promotion show Mania weekend. And we were told we had X amount of time to do this. We were told so-and-so would help us with this. So-and-so would happen with that. We get there and um, one of our guys switched the fucking seating chart. So we had to deal with that. Then we had to deal with the first match. We put chains on the instead of the ropes, which was a stupid fucking idea, oh which I wasn't God. happy about. Then we had literally everybody booked. Like we had nine matches for three hours. And then right before we set up somehow, some way mysteriously, all of our equipment wasn't working because it was unplugged from the top. Fuck. And I'm not saying like anybody from like GCW was there because they were cool with us, but it just, it was just crazy how all of a sudden was none of our shit was fucking working. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. And, then, and, and then like we became the butt end joke of mania weekend and uh, we, we uh, but I mean, we, we did bad though. Like, and that's the one thing is I take responsibility for that. You know, we, because we just kept saying yes to every idea, to everybody's thing. Um, but I give a lot of credit to John Morrison. Um, John and I, we talked every day for almost a year on what we were going to do, how we were going to build the brand. And, and we actually had this really cool idea that like, there was no like women's movement when we started Blackcraft Wrestling. And one of the rumors that we were going to do, John was like, 
I'm leaving because I knew he was going to WWE. I knew his contract was going to be up. I'm like, he's going to go to WWE. He's like, I'm not going to, you know, hold your belt hostage. He goes, what if I fight my wife in a fucking domestic battle where she literally beats me with a kitchen sink to win the title? Yeah, that's like, that, fucking hilarious. We were Dude, like, that'd I be like fucking it. great, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was so hard because it was like we're trying to be this like gothic thing with a right, storyline, right. this Mortal Kombat leveling up to the title, and then all of a sudden, you know, Kira comes and just fucking beats him over the head with some dishes, and she's <laughs> champion. But that would have been uh, man, that still would have been awesome though. Yeah, no, I still like that been, idea. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It was That's dope. We had bad motherfuckers on those shows, dude. I mean, we had like every everyone in the indie scene. It's and and the the graveyard thing that they did at WrestleMania, the fucking AJ Styles, yeah, yeah, Undertaker. Was, we did that, and it's on YouTube. We did the okay, exact really? same thing two years prior, and uh, we saw it, and we were like, "Oh, cool! You literally took." Who was involved in your no version shot, of it? Really? So it was Matt Justice. Matt Justice. We were building him to be the champion. Okay. And he had to go through a gauntlet, fight all these druids, and then G Raver was was one of the dudes that was masked. And he had to be like the chosen one, but he didn't want to join the cult because you know how Blackcraft says join the cult and all that shit. We just wanted him to be like the anti-hero, but the good guy. You know what I mean? So okay. We built for Justice to be champion, and then we literally he wins the title by fucking just like one move in 13 seconds. Oh, we're, we were on Botchamania. We had our own segment on Botchamania. <laughs> no shit. How bad our show was. Yeah, it was fucking terrible, dude. But it was Fuck. it was such an awesome experience, and I think we learned a lot from it. Um, there was too many wrestlers that took advantage of the company. So Bobby's very nice. Bobby's one of the nicest guys in the world, has a heart of gold, and these fucking wrestlers would say, hey, I want you to do this. What if we do this? And then Bobby would like, how much would it cost? And like, I'm not going to throw names out there, but there were some tag teams that took advantage of him. And I know their fucking rates were like 400 bucks for both of them. And they're like, yeah, we're eight fifty a piece. And Bobby would be like, done. So Dang. our first show, we spent 80 some thousand dollars. Fuck. And it was, and that was the problem is because everyone was telling us their rates and, mm -hmm. and Bill knows because Bill's booked him. He goes, I can get them for a fucking hot dog. Like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Like, yeah. and plus we had a platform where like, off the record, like, you know how they're doing the invasion with TNA and AEW or, or yeah. what is it? Impact? Impact, yeah. That was us. That that was going to be us with Impact. So when they bought, when they just rebought Impact and made it what it was, Doug Bradley was going to show up with like three guys that we had. And it was going to be controversial because Morrison was our champion, but he was also an Impact champion. So it was like, okay, is he going to be possessed when he's with Blackcraft? How are we going to do that? And then Doug Bradley and we were going to introduce Matt Justice to for our guys and we were going to go invade their shows, kind of like how ECW did it to WWE yeah. in the mid to late nineties. That's fucking sick. Dude. Yeah, I'm, man, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm definitely salty that that didn't happen. Right. If awesome. you were, you said, you know, never say never. If you were to start up the company again today, what are some guys that you would have at the top of your promotion? Well, it's so hard because, you know, WWE and AEW had this bidding war where they're just buying people out and just having them sit on the bench so nobody can use them. No yeah, doubt, dude. man. And uh, so that's frustrating. And we, we love Matt Justice. We love Chris Dickinson. We work those guys a lot. I was just uh, telling him, we, we were looking through your roster right before we got on the call with you. And uh, are you familiar with Wardlow, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. There, we were looking at the promo pictures from the Burning Bridges show. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
where Chris Dickerson's like flexing, looking all fucking jacked. Yeah. And I was like, he just looks like a bald Wardlow in this picture, dude. Like, I would love to oh, see yeah. him go head yeah, to head. Yeah, he does. Yeah, 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 no like- yeah, we had, we had, he fought, uh, what's his name? Tanaka at our Burning Bridges. No, at our, our PC- WrestleMania show. He had, yeah. And then you had the PCO. PCO was at the, yeah. But it's, it's crazy because it's like literally everything we did, those guys all, like, we knew what we were fucking, we knew the talent. Like, my buddy John Lequasto did the commentary with a guy named Bees. Bees does a lot of like music reviews. He's huge over in Europe. And uh, and then Laquasso, after our second show, he does 205 Live. Like he got signed to WWE to do all that. So it's like we had all the pieces. We had all the talent. We had all the fresh well, ideas. Half the roster, dude. Like when, when we were just going through the roster, like Atticus Kogar is like my ultimate favorite indie yeah. wrestler right now. Like him. And then you had like the Lucha Brothers. And like you said, uh, uh, Alistair Black, who was what was Alistair's name in the time? I'm drawing a blank. Well, no, he we no, he just he just we just talked to him. Oh, okay. He's friends with Bobby. Okay. okay. And then like with with Colby, we did a segment for Black and Brave. Okay. And it was we did a battle royal, and whoever won that got to fight in our Blackcraft opening thing. And it was uh the fuck was his name? Connor Braxton. Because there's Connor Claxton and Connor Braxton. And it fucked our heads up because we had them both booked on one show. And it just, but yeah, like, so we had like literally everyone. And then everyone got signed. Brody King got signed to what Ring of Honor. PCO was Ring of Honor. Like, so and Morrison we had. And like, we like, like, so he, Morrison was my guy that I always wanted because I loved him in the mid 2000s. I thought dude, he was Morris, amazing. Morrison is still one of the best to do it right now. Fuck yeah, dude. He's awesome. And I was like, I want to get him. So I knew that um, uh, Milena, who was Bobby's ex-fiance, um, was good friends with them. And so we're all at dinner and he calls John and goes, do you want to work for us? Will you do it? And John is like, I want to talk to Matt. So I talked to him and he was like, I'm on board. Let's do it. And I was like, oh, sweet. And then literally like, this is a dude that, you know, has done everything, right? He's been an Intercontinental Champion, Tag Team Champions, the Dirt Sheet, everything. He's wrestled all over the world. And this dude's calling me every day about trying to build our promotion to make it something special. And it just shows you how fucking cool he is. Yeah. Like, like I remember the vision. It was awesome, dude. Like, he, I remember the one time he texted me. He's like, hey, I'm with RVD right now. We're watching his movie, Headstrong. Uh, and he's like, I didn't know you were in this. And he took a picture of like me on the screen with, with them, like doing the thumbs up thing. And so like, speaking of which, congrats to RVD, man. Yeah. Big um, shout out to him. Hall of fame. I got to they blew it him. though. He should have been at last year. 420 would have been perfect for Dude, RVD. That would have been amazing. Like, and <laughs> wait, did you, he did two high references too during his speech. I, I haven't watched. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't watch a speech. Dude. He was like, he's like, this was the highest of the highs. <laughs> and I've been high before. He <laughs> like, said it something like that. That's and I was awesome. like, uh, he was so fucking cool. I remember the one time we, um, we, uh, what happened? We were at uh, Hooters in Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City. And uh, she goes, You look familiar, the Hooters chick. Because you look familiar. Are you a wrestler? And Rob was like, Yeah. And then she come back and she, she's like, I can't believe Shawn Michaels is at our table. <laughs> <laughs> And like, dude, I'm fucking dying. Oh my God, you you could tell Rob was so fucking like, uh, uh, 
Uh, he was like friendly about it, but he's like, yeah, I'm yeah. not him, right? And me, he and he's like, Oh, that's not me. Meanwhile, I have Shawn Michaels socks on. <laughs> I'm like, he just gave me these, and I lived on my fucking foot. So he leaves the Hooters and dude, it was just one of the funniest things. Oh, shit. He's fucking awesome, dude. He I I love that dude. You actually opened up for him too, right? During when he was doing I, his little stand-up tour. I, I toured with him, yeah. I was that's building that. That's yeah. sick, dude. Yeah, so they brought the camera crew and I was in the movie because I was I was one of his openers. And uh, I, what was interesting is that you would think he would just tell stories about the road like most of these guys do to get a paycheck. He actually really liked stand up and he he's been trying to perfect his craft for like 12 years. Um, but I think the moment I knew that he and I were like friends was he showed up late and um, <clears throat> is right before I got off stage right when i got off stage he jumped on me like on the couch and started like fake hitting me like in the top <laughs> row he's like what's up dude and i was oh, like, All right. shit. like so because because that was one of my biggest concerns is like so i did that stunner video that went viral yeah. and um at the improv and then like i got all these wrestlers reaching out to me and then my buddy who was booking rob's tour was like why don't you just open for him i'll have you open for him and i was like all right cool so we did like 20 cities in like 22 days or something it was dude but it was so fucking cool um, and I, and I just, I, I'm very fortunate cause I feel like, um, if you surround yourself around good people and you have a work ethic that is matched by theirs, you'll get to where you want to be, man. And I'm not where I want to be yet, but, um, I definitely, I think will put myself in that position. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Well, now that we're already kind of evolving the conversation into the comedy there, let's let's start with there then. What was the like your first start in comedy? Like how did you know that you want to pursue a career in this? I wasn't good at anything uh, else other than making people laugh. Okay, uh, cool, cool. In high school, I was a, a fucking idiot, uh, class clown, dickhead. And my teacher was like, You should just be on SNL. Why don't you just why don't you just try and do that shit? He's like you're smart. You just hate school and you're uh -huh. not going to go to college. And I was like, well, fuck it. So like I turned 18 and uh, I worked in an Italian restaurant called table ladies. And um, my mom was the manager and I, and I, I knew the owner, Charlie, he loved me. And we always used to like quote Andrew Dice Clay's nursery rhymes. And I was like, Hey Charlie, like, do you think it'd be cool if we did a stand up show? Like I've always wanted to try stand up." And he was like, yeah. So I like, I did like, I waited two months to like get my little act together and um, I ended up doing a show there and fucking killed. Let's like, go. I did 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I absolutely killed. Good shit, dude. The reason why I killed is because it was only my family and friends there. Fuck it, dude. Because then I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to be the next Dane Cook. I'm going to be doing this. I'm oh, you're hyped. That. And then I went to the improv and just ate a bag of dicks. And like when <laughs> they were like every other comedian in Pittsburgh was so much funnier than me. Um, and it took me a, a like I got attention on stage. I knew I had like it, but I didn't have an act. I and I just I didn't know how to get an act together. And then it's funny because RVD has his speech for his Hall of Fame. And, and if you, when you listen to it, guys, he says, uh, you know, everyone tried to change me and wanted me to be somebody who I wasn't. And he's like, and that's why I am who I am because I never listened to them. And like when you start stand up comedy. You know, you're told you can't be dirty if you want to work in a club. You got to be this way. You should set up your jokes like this. There's a standard way of doing things. And I just said, fuck that. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm doing this my way. If I'm going to do wrestling moves on stage, suck my balls. I'm going to do wrestling moves <laughs> yeah. 
on stage and just do fun, goofy stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it took me, uh, I think five years to work at the improv, like as to do a weekend. Um, but it was once I, once I earned that opportunity, uh, I never let them took, take it away from me, you know? So I just ran yeah. with it. So hopefully, uh, we can get back to that shit soon, man. I miss it. No doubt. What, what was it like overcoming like the fear of bombing and like state? I don't know if you had stage fright or how you, you are talking in front of people, yeah. but like, how, how was it as far as after you, you, that first bomb you did and you're like, oh fuck every show I'm nervous and it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Uh, I'm nervous. Uh, it could be a small show, a big show. I, I get nervous all the time um, because I, I feel like if you're not nervous about something, you don't care enough anymore and you shouldn't be doing it. I so, feel that a hundred percent. Yeah, man. So like I was so nervous. I still get nervous, um, but bombing fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. uh, you're literally like, Oh, I'm going to go eat a gun when I get home. Like, this is <laughs> uh, so nah. yeah. miserable. And then like when you are funny and you still bomb, you're, the, the car ride back is just silence and in your head you're thinking oh i should have said this like fuck like i literally picture it being like in the movie joker where he's up there and like when he thinks he's killing it and everybody's laughing how happy he got and then when he's just sitting there and he's like talking and everyone's just looking at him like what the fuck i just imagine that awkward feeling is exactly what you have i think the only thing that i think is opposite of that is that um when you're bombing you know you're fucking bombing mm. Because most of the time when you do well, there's times you can't hear how good the crowd is, right? So if you're actually bombing, then you definitely don't hear the crowd at all. Um, and, and you know you're bombing. Uh, and it's just, it's just a sick feeling. And you're like, I, but you have to like look at it this way. You know, Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls, right? He's lost three fucking times. You know, when they, when they make the playoffs, they're 11 and five. They lose five games that year. They lose four games. So it's just like, you're not going to win every single night. You just have to do the best that you can get through it and don't do anything that can like sabotage your career by just going off on the crowd and going, fuck you. You don't get it. Just fucking move on, man. And just know, all right, I got like 20 more minutes left and then I can go home, jerk off and cry. <laughs> and, uh, and that's pretty much what it's like. Do you prefer working in front of smaller crowds or big crowds? It doesn't matter. Oh. Um, as long as I can see the audience. Yeah. So, cause I do a lot of crowd work. So like if the, if the light is so fucking bright in my eye, then mm -hmm. I don't know what to do because I'm like, I want to mess with this guy. I want to mess with yeah, this yeah, guy. Yeah. Then you get on stage and the, and the light is literally like 200 degrees on your face. You're sweating. You can't see anybody. Now you're nervous. And then the biggest thing with stand up is you got it. Like you're comfortable the second you get your first joke that lands. So like the first thing I say, if it's not funny, I'm, I'm fucked because that should be one of your strongest jokes. The first thing you say, the last thing you say, and then the middle was just where you add ad lib, you add do th new things to it. But yeah, if, if you don't go out there and your first joke doesn't land, you're kind of just like looking for the light. You're like, oh, yeah. how much time do I have left? And they're like, literally, you're three minutes in, dickhead. And right. you have 40 Fuck. Dude, it's like, funny oh. you said about wanting to work the crowd and stuff too, because the very first time I ever was even exposed to you was actually with him too. We went to see Joey Diaz, and I think it was like 16, 17. And we were yeah. completely idiots because we were like oh we're gonna sit up in the front because we're excited and shit and i'm like oh like as soon as we sat there i'm like fuck this was a bad idea <laughs> like 
And then luckily, though, there was some guy that was awkwardly sitting by himself on one side of the stage and the same thing on the opposite. So it was like as soon as I realized that it's like 10 seconds after that, you realized it was the same thing because you're like, how about you go fucking sit with him? And then you made them talk to each other and shit. Oh, did I? Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) And they looked so awkward, but it was like I was just I was more relieved. Like, oh, fuck, at least the heat's not on us. Yeah, we got saved. We did get saved. Yeah, man. I mean, crowd work is so much fun, man. I try to give people show that, that they've never seen mm-hmm. um because that's what i want like i'm the middle guy you know and uh but i, I try and be that sean michaels uh in a sense where like you could put me anywhere on the card like following me is not going to be easy though and and i i embrace that like there's times where like i'll do shows with headliners that are like famous but not funny or i'll do shows that with local comedians that uh, book their own shows so they go last and like for me i just and they're like do you have any problem going second or first and i'm like no you're the one that's gonna have the fucking problem <laughs> going third after me so i don't care like i i don't have an ego i i my thing is i want that fucking crowd on the car ride home to be like that dude was fucking nuts mm-hmm. like i had so much fun with him like i want to party with this dude and that's kind of what my character is it's just a guy it's the it's the it's the life of the party um i'm like the asshole who just never grew up you shouldn't like him but you love him (laughs) you don't want him to date your sister right but you definitely like like you wouldn't you wouldn't make me your best man in the wedding but you would definitely make me the guy that books your bachelor party to get you cocaine. oh fuck like, yeah that's oh fucking right baby. <laughs> you know what i mean so like i'm cool with that though like because that is really pretty much who i am dude I- i'm a very likable good person uh but i just i don't fucking care like i've been through so much in my life that i i nothing bothers me and like i have a rule where i don't say no to anything um, unless it's like fucking meth or heroin, I'm just saying <laughs> in general in life, like I don't say any, I don't say no to anything. Right, man. Uh, and the reason why is because my philosophy, uh, is if it goes great, that was awesome. I had so much fun. If it goes bad, I can talk about it on stage. So I'm true. A few moments later. All right. So you also spoke on the crowd work. So I was wondering if you had any heckling stories to give us. Oh man, I've had so many. Um, uh, let me try and think. I mean, yeah, dude, all time favorite. Yeah. All time favorite heckling story. Yeah. Uh, this is a great story. Uh, so I had cancer and I talk about it when I'm on stage. I do it at the end of my set because I don't want the sympathy. I got you. If I do it in the beginning, you're going to laugh at everything I say just because you like me more because I survived. I'd rather be an asshole the whole show and then be like, oh, by the way, this happened to me. So if you didn't laugh at me, you're the asshole, not me. Um, So I'm doing a show at this hotel uh, and uh, I'm getting to the end of my set. I'm bringing up my cancer situation and some girl fucking hammered is like, Cancer's not funny. Oh, God. And I was like, I know, bitch. Are you not listening to the fucking story? She's like, no, fuck you like that. And so like she doesn't she's so drunk. She's not comprehending what I'm even saying. Yeah. Everyone's like, no, shut up, bitch. You know what I mean? Like, you're not even paying attention. She's not making fun of cancer. Well, my mom was at this show. And my mom goes like that to her. And my mom, we're she's Italian. So, you know, 
yeah. where this is going. Uh, my mom goes, she throws a drink at my mom. My mom fucking Roman Reigns spears her. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and just starts stone cold fucking jumping knees up, fucking bop, bop, fuck. bop, beating the fuck out of her while I'm on stage, just standing there like, uh. I was like, I'm gonna be honest with you guys, I can't follow that. I'm done. <laughs> Uh, I'm taking the two grand and getting the fuck out of here. So then we had to grab my mom's little fucking five foot Italian ass, put her in another car, get her the fuck out of there before the cops came. Uh, the girl didn't want to press charges because good, good. everyone knew like she was the asshole. She threw a fucking glass at my yeah, mom. Yeah, dude, please come on. My mom beat the fucking brakes off. Yo, that's <laughs> so fucking that was awesome. uh, that's my favorite heckler story. That's sure. lit, dude. Jesus. <laughs> then I had, I had, while I was sick, I was doing an open mic. And when you do an open mic at a bar or something, a lot of these people aren't there for comedy. They're just there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> this dude, I just said, like, he was just looking at us, like, and he showed no interest. And I, I was like, you look like a fat Johnny Depp. <laughs> and uh, he just got, like, super pissed off. And I was like, what's wrong, Captain Snacks? <laughs> I was like, and he was like, dude, say something again. I was like, what do you want me to say, Edward Sausage Fingers? <laughs> yes! And and he was like, I will beat the fuck out of you. I was like, okay, 21 can't jump street. <laughs> and I just kept fucking. So I go outside with the other comedians oh. to smoke a cigarette. I don't smoke, but it's just a nice, you know, you want to get out and bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Dude comes out with a switchblade. He's like, what's oh, so funny hell, now? Man. I was like, I knew you were a fucking pirate. Like, I mean, then like dudes are like gripping them up and shit. Cause like, dude, my whole thing, like fucking kill me. If, if I died from doing a show, like I'm a legend, like fucking dude, period, stab period, me, dude. dude, I hear that. Fuck. So, yeah. Jesus fuck. Christ. Okay. <laughs> That's dude, funny as shit. Now, <laughs> you basically saying about people getting tough and like trying to fucking get yeah. heckle you and all that, all that. How often do you do deal with the opposite as far as people trying to like crack jokes and be the funny guy to you? Oh, you're please. the comedian. You're on my Facebook. You see these fucking dickheads every day, dude. Like it's if I post anything, whether I'm being serious or or goofing around, I have 300 comments of people pretending that my facebook page is an open mic and they just try jokes and i'm just like shut the fuck up after shows i think is the worst because they'll be like hey i really liked your set what if you do it like this oh and i'm like dude yeah. i'm not like that's I don't, cringy as get fuck, the fuck away from yeah. Me. yeah come yeah, on like, i don't go to your job and be like hey can you put 10 on five like for me <laughs> dickhead like i just it's so annoying and then like someone will be like hey i got one for you use this if you want Right, and it'll be like, "What do you call five black?" I'm like, "All right, man, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm not gonna use that." You know? <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like, it's so fucking cringe, cringeworthy, um, that I'm gonna tell these racist fucking bar jokes. You yeah. know what I mean? Or like, yeah, so there was a mouse and he stuck his dick in this dude's mouth, and I'm like, "What? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing like. Did you enjoy the show? Yeah. All right, get the fuck, buy a shirt, and get the fuck away from me. And that's. You know, we'll take the picture. I'm super friendly with people and I love people, but like the advice, I fucking yeah, hate it. Like I Probably would never, 
I would never go to a football game and be like, Ben, listen, on third down, <laughs> instead of taking a sack, here's what you should do. <laughs> you know, but people just feel like they they matter all of a sudden. Social media has made it to where everyone's opinion matters. This cancer culture that we have going on is absolutely fucking ridiculous. I'm glad if you don't like something. If you don't like something, quit watching it. Don't buy it. Don't support it. Especially on stuff like I get where you want to call somebody out like, yo, this guy's a racist piece of shit or this this person's a sexist like and are actually doing it too, not just yeah. a, like a joke me or you telling each other a right. joke, you know what I mean? And I feel like there's a very thin line between that now. Like nobody knows when like the joke no, ends. It's just like, no. oh, you're really a piece of shit and you're not. And then you're bringing up like tweets from like seven years ago. Yeah, like people don't evolve. Yeah, it's like, dude, he may have been an asshole then. Like Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Bills, said stupid shit. He was 13 years old when he posted that. Yeah. Like, yeah, what fucking 13 oh, yeah, year old on. had his shit together? Exactly. And it's just like, you'd rather see a man fall than climb. That's my biggest problem. It's like, you don't like, I would never, I don't give a fuck how fucked up somebody said something. I wouldn't find out where they worked and sent that to them. Yeah. Like, you don't think your mechanics racist, Cody? Like, of course he is. Like, it's, it's, just, it's a thing. There's people that are shitty human beings, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, that's how life, I'm not going to take their money away from Because guess what? How do they learn from that? If, if I see some guy that pulls something that's super offensive and I say, look what he said. And I send it to, let's say he says women are cunts and like women don't like they should stay in the kitchen. Something stupid like that. Do you think he's going to like women anymore after they just took his career from him? Yeah. He's going to, yeah. you're not, you don't learn from that. You know, right. if anything, you hate whoever you were talking about more because now you took everything away from him, you know? Yeah. You're, uh, you're further I, along in, or prolonging the hate basically. Send a message. Like if you want to do something, be a good person, send a message. Like, Hey man, you got this tweet out there. You should probably delete this. Um, be better, you know, do, do something better with yourself. And, you know, uh, I, am not that guy. Like I'm not a cancer culture guy. I just want you to fucking understand what you did was wrong. You know, I feel like a big part of it now too, is like people don't even give a shit about what they're trying to cancel. It's like, we live in this, this quick 15 seconds of fame society yeah. now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like half the time when people are like calling somebody out for something, it's because they want the spotlight of I called this person out instead 100%. of actually being offended by whatever the situation is. hundred percent. When I do shows and I have people like in the audience that say like, that's fucked up. It's always white women. It's always white women. The same fucking assholes that go on Instagram that put on all these filters to get all these likes. Cause it's all about them. Or it's just ugly fat women who just be like, hey, listen, I have to pay for my drinks. I need attention right now. And it's like, shut up. Like, this is not about you guys. Like, yeah. if I make a joke and like I have my PP chart and at the, at the end of it, I say anything bigger than seven inches is black. Like <laughs> nobody, nobody black is fucking offended by that. Yeah. Like nobody ever. They're, they're laughing in the audience. And then someone's like, that's fucked up. I'm like, I know, mine's two inches. Shut up. <laughs> and that's how I kind of like, because I want to still, it's just like, I mean, stop, stop telling me how I should feel when it's not affecting you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I love, like, I believe in, you know, protesting. I believe in all of that shit. 
I, I think it's great. I think we've evolved so much over the last year because of everything that's going on. But when you're when you're a white woman and you're making this about you, what what have you gone through? Like, who are you to say anything? And it's, I wouldn't even just say it. white women. I'd just say, honestly, a lot of just white people in general. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's like yeah. they want to be yeah, the victim of a situation that has absolutely nothing to yeah. do with them instead of just supporting the yeah. cause. And Exactly. It's like, dude, you have a handlebar mustache. You ride a bicycle and, and make craft beer in your fucking mom's <laughs> basement. Like, don't tell me about your struggles. You live in Lawrenceville. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah. just you don't talk on behalf of other people at anything. I do colleges and uh, I, I quit doing colleges this year. I said, I'm fucking, when COVID hit, I, you know, I haven't been touring anymore. I said, I'm never doing college again. This was, I'm done. I'll figure it out. Cause every time you go into a show, there's a, there's a list and it, it's what you can and can't say. They don't tell you until you get there. So it fucks your whole show up. Yeah, that's fucked. And then if you, it's such bullshit. And then, if you do bad, like if you say offensive things, whoever the director is that booked the show, they will stand in the back and they take steps up, 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 up. And if they get to the front of the room, they know you're, you're fucked and you're not getting your money. So I did this show uh, called Simmons College in Boston. And um, it's an all women's school. So obviously they didn't YouTube who I was. Before this is came. where his hatred for white women comes Dude, I mean, like, th th this is it, ready? Because this is, like, fucking, this is so stupid. I get there, and they're, like, um, I go, hey, what's up? Like, super friendly. They're, like, hey, you can kind of say whatever you want. Don't do race jokes or rape jokes. I'm, like, well, I don't do those. So then we're good, right? And she's, like, yeah. She's also something just as bad. Don't go on stage and be, like, hey, guys. I go, first of all, I don't think that's just as bad as Not rape. Not at all. Or racist jokes by saying, hey, guys. And I just said, what do you mean? Why can't I say, hey, guys? She goes, because it's an all-women's school. And I go, oh, okay. And then I jokingly did like the, hello, ladies. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what if I say, hello, ladies? She's like, oh, my God, don't do that. And I was like, why not? She's like, well, because some of the students here don't identify as female. To which I replied, then how the fuck did they get into an all-women's school? <laughs> And, and oh. she just looked at me and I was like, oh, this is going to be that show. Fuck, and dude, I, I just, I fucking, I did my set. I did, I thought I did really well. And but she fucking hit, gave me the check and was like, have a nice night. I was like, I am. Thanks, bitch. And I just left. But it was just like, God everyone's damn. so offended by everything, dude. It's so bad. But I think though, if you're a good comedian, uh, you can still do well. Because you can still say shit. You just have to be likable. I think it's a matter, too, if you just got to not have that, not give a fuck filter. I mean, there's comedians like Bill Burr and like Joey Tim Diaz. Tim Dillon or right now yeah. is huge. And, and he has that that attitude. Uh, he just doesn't care and shit. So my whole thing is like, it's comedy, man. Like, it's yeah. supposed to be funny. Like, it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. Yeah, That's don't yeah. take it. Like, yeah, don't take it that fucking serious, dude. Yeah, like, I do, like, I do, like, I do shows and it's like... If you're not here to laugh, why are you here? Is mm. that not the point to be here that for like these 90 minutes you're sitting there paying for overpriced chicken fingers and $12 <laughs> Miller lights, like to laugh, to forget about how your fucking wife is fucking her boss right now. Or like, you're not, or how you just blew the mortgage on a 16 parlay at Rivers Casino. Fuck. 
Like this is this is your time to fucking just be like, life's too short, man. Like enjoy it, and that's that's just where I'm at, man. Like if you don't like your life, then fucking change it. Yeah. yeah. Stop complaining. You know. Between the cancel culture and all that, then what are some pieces of advice you'd give to somebody coming into the comedy world right now, thinking of pursuing a career? First of all, be funny, um, because a lot of them don't do that. <laughs> Like this open mic scene in Pittsburgh, like I, I'm not shit talking, but it's like when I started doing stand-up comedy, it was in an era where you were funny off the stage. You were just a funny person, whether that was lunch table jokes, you were just a, a goofy personality, you had timing and stuff. And now it's all these little fucking nerds who are on Prozac and Xanax and are just depressed little kids. That are like, I'm socially awkward. So like, I don't know how to talk to a girl. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, nobody wants to hear your sad story, dude. Like, fuck, buy a ukulele or something. Like, this is not for you. <laughs> Comedy's not your thing, man. And then like, they just have this like fucking culture of like clinging on to like unfunny people. And then they like, don't like the funny comedians. Like, I think I'm one of the funny comedians in Pittsburgh by default because there's not funny comedians here. So like they don't like us. They're like, Oh, well, Matt's an asshole, Matt, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, dude, like I'm just funny. And like the reason why you're not on a show, cause you're not good. And I'm not, I have nothing in common with you. Like if you were a fun person, then we would do shows together, but you guys are all these like anxiety ridden dorks. And like, yeah, dude, I have anxiety. Like everybody, everybody has it. Some have it worse than others, but it's like, that's not funny though. Yeah. Right. Like I would never if I was a fucking if I worked in any other field, any line of business, I wouldn't bring up my fucking crippling depression. No one's going to buy anything from me if I'm selling mm. something. So who's going to laugh when you're like, so I wanted to kill myself yesterday. <laughs> like, you'd be like, all right, cool. Man. I'm not like, trying to kill your point, but the way you said it's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, Matt, well, Matt's funny. So, you know, yeah. come on. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm all right. Well, so like, are we building up at the end of the show? Are you going to blow your brains up? Like, that's all folks. And go, then yeah, that's a great show. Like, awesome. You can't do it again. There's no encore, but you fucking, you, you made me laugh because you built, you built it, build it, build it. And we got it. <laughs> But if I just keep hearing you, I don't get pussy. We know we, dude. You look like a before picture in a proactive commercial. We know <laughs> you don't get pussy, dude. Like you don't have to tell us that. But to be successful, uh, you want to get in the comedy. I think just be friendly, treat everybody with respect. When you're on stage, smile, be likable, and have fun. If you're not having fun, the people around you aren't having fun. If you don't believe in what you're saying on stage. Uh, it's like selling shit. Then, then we know you're full of shit. We yeah. don't believe you and we don't like you. Just fucking have fun, man, and, and be a good person. And, and I think the sky's the limit. Work fucking hard. But don't ever go to a comedy class, like comedy classes. They're just a scam. It's always some guy that just never got on HBO in the 80s. <laughs> it's like, hey, here's what we're going to do. It's like, and they just take your money. And yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. there's, you're either funny or you're not. Yeah, exactly. It goes back yeah. to you saying that earlier. You know, you yeah. either got it or you don't. It's with any fucking thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, speaking on of on advice too, uh, you've opened up for plenty of comedians. I was wondering if you would want to touch on the good advice you've got from comedians and the shit advice, and like who's helped, uh, who's helped look out for you and want to help you become a better comic, and who's giving you shit advice and was, you know, trying to dick you over. 
Well, here's here's some things is like so I, I've never really opened for somebody that was an asshole. I think the biggest reason why I have a good connection with a lot of the people I open up for is because I don't I don't talk the business with them. I think that I just have fun with them that weekend. I don't hound them because I kind of realize that like okay they do this every week, they hear the same six questions, right? So it's right. Like, I, I, I don't want them to be like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe just do this. I don't know. Um, so I, I so that goes wise, back to advice there to young comedians. Don't be asking all these fucking questions. Yeah. I mean, that's just fucking just do it, man. Just work. I think that's the biggest advice. I I'll tell you, like I have like, so Jeff die is one of my close friends. Um, we, we don't talk comedy. You know what I mean? We don't, you know, Ian Bag. he's a, I see the Canadian flag behind you. He's from Vancouver. Um, Ian is one of the best comedians in the world. Uh, we really don't talk comedy. I mean, it's just, it's always, but, but all these guys are just saying work harder, work harder and it'll happen, you know? Um, Cause it's the people that don't work hard, that don't follow their dreams are the ones that tell you you can't make it, that you yeah. can't do it. Cause they're too fucking scared. Right. Somebody scared them and they don't want to see you win. When there's comedians in Pittsburgh, man, I don't personally like a lot of them. And honestly, I want to see them do well though. Cause it's awesome. It's awesome. It's encouraging to see somebody that started the same time as you and they got their break and they fucking cashed in on it. So I, I just, I'm never that type of person that like is anti-success for anyone. If anything, if somebody I don't like, it's just going to motivate me to do better and be like, well, if he got this, then I'm going to get this. Fucking right. You know? um, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, no one was really a dick. Everyone was cool. It was just more so, I think, just working these weekends is what was made me stronger. Like, growing up, I'm 31. So, growing up, Tom Green was like my hero. And uh, I got to open up for him. And that, to me, that was like, holy shit. This dude is the reason why. I took a camera to like, you know, every summer vacation or like I would do all these skits and stuff. And then like Dane Cook was one of the biggest names when I was like in middle school and, and like um, I got to open for him. And I just was like, like if I'm with these guys now, like You're I could something right. Yeah. And like, it's one of those things where it's like, even if like everything ended right now, like if, if, if standup never got to back to where it was with COVID or like, I somehow got canceled or whatever happened. Um, I would be okay with it because I, I just, I had so much fucking fun doing it. And if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would be opening up for these guys, even if it's just one weekend, I'd be like, done. I, I can die. happy. How, how long have you been doing comedy? If you don't mind me asking 13 years, awesome. about 13, 12, 13 Fuck years. Yeah. yeah. So I actually say like 12, or 11 or 12 because last year we i haven't I oh, okay had like three shows but yeah I, I started in 2008 and then um you know we're here now and whatever fucking years 20 yeah. 2020 part two yeah, yeah so. right <laughs> uh now that covid's basically fucked things up though for not only being a comedian but all like forms of entertainment uh mm -hmm. what have you done to evolve your not only your stand-up but just your comedy career and your social media presence and everything well i think that's like one of the biggest things that and i think it's why i have a problem with a lot of people like in pittsburgh um mm -hmm. is because um you shouldn't have an excuse like if, if you're not working on stage and you want this to be something for real find a way to stay relevant because to be honest with you you know, the big name guys that sell out at the improv, the Joey Diaz and stuff like that, they're going to survive because here's what's going to happen. The second these clubs open back up, 
they're gonna they're gonna be headlining. They're they're headline names. They're always gonna be there. Um, they're gonna get movies, things like that. They'll be fine. It's guys that are just headlining that don't have a name, but they're just really funny comedians. Uh, and then there's guys like me who I'm just a feature, uh, and I and I don't get a lot of road work anymore. So my thing was, I want to be at the same level as those guys that are headlining, not the Joey Diaz is, but the guys that are no names, but they're headlining and they're getting that weekend money. So for me, it's just like, okay, we're on the same level right now because nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows who I am, but he's not able to showcase himself. I'm not able to showcase myself. So what can I do online? So I just been doing videos online. I've been, excuse me. I've been doing, you know, more sketches online. I've been doing these power hours online. I did these dating shows online, all this fun stuff to just try and stay relevant. Man. Not only have you stayed relevant, dude, you were learning how to make a quick buck out of it too. Oh dude. I made like six grand in two months from doing the, uh, the dating show and the power hours. So people always like when I roast people, cause that's what I do on stage. So I was like, all right, for 10 bucks, you pick somebody, I'll roast them. And then like, I checked my inbox and I had 70 requests. Like, oh, shit. That's awesome. And I was like, oh, dude, it's so much fun. I'm like, oh fuck, but how do I be creative for all these? But it's nice though. Cause that gets your brain going. So now I'm still working on comedy in a sense where my, my levels are going there and I'm also getting paid to do this. So that was nice. Then I was doing the power hour where like I would just drink, do a power hour drink. Uh, and then you could tip me to twerk on the wall, to shotgun a beer. You know what I mean? To do a shot, to fucking just do stupid shit. Uh, but it was also kind of like I'm talking to people. I bring guests on. And uh, my favorite thing that I did, though, was the dating game. I don't know if you saw it. Cody, I seen the see power it? hour when you were doing all the shots, because I remember one time, like, you know, if somebody goes live. It comes up as a notification sometimes. Yeah. One time it came up and you were like it stone sober. And then like 10 minutes later, I seen you were doing just doing shots of fucking Jack or something. And I was like, <laughs> right, he's done. It's a wrap yeah, for I him. Was, <laughs> I was tanked. But I did this cool thing called quarantine. It was a dating <laughs> show. And because we weren't allowed to go anywhere. There were no bars. And I was like, well, we're going to do online dating. So what I did was I set it up where I'd have six to eight chicks and they'd all be on a Zoom. And then I'd have one guy, but his face was like, I didn't allow his video to come through. And I would ask questions and he would eliminate what the girls look like. And then, you know what I mean? Then we go on a date. But the big reveal is it was always some fucking dork dude. <laughs> and like everything we said wasn't true. And yeah, then I'd yeah, send him yeah. like a $5 gift card to like Radio Shack and some bullshit. <laughs> fucking Radio Shack. And it was so much fun. And it was like just something that was unique and different. I actually still have one of the gifts. I didn't get to give it away. I'm going to have to do that. It's a fucking Richard Simmons Chia Pet uh, <laughs> that Fuck I got yeah. at writing. So, I mean, I'm just like, my whole thing is like I, I I'm a comedian, but like I love to entertain and just do fun shit. Like in in the perfect world, I'd love to have my own talk show, uh, or like a or or take a podcast more seriously. I was gonna say but you I, had your podcast. What happened to that? I, I'm lazy, dude. <laughs> I'm just I hear I'm you, lazy. I, my thing is like I can't do something half-assed, and uh, you know I was having I had my buddy Dustin do it with me, and then Dustin and I haven't seen each other because of COVID. So I was like, I'll do it on my own. But then I'm like, I have nobody to banter with. And I don't want to just have the same 
podcast format as everybody else. Like you guys have a, a, a niche, like you guys, you guys are talking wrestling, like you guys, and you bring up wrestlers. Like for me, I would just bring on other comedians, but it's just like every comedian has that. Yeah. I you know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. just, I don't want to do that. So like I have this really cool uh, thing I'm going to be doing soon. Uh, you know, hot ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going to do that with 10 shots. That's going to be sick, dude. So, so I'm going to interview people and I'm going to have a different shot. And every 10 minutes you, you do a shot. So it's an hour long. So it'll be sick. Dude, that's shots. gonna be good. I think it'll be fun because you're because like, you you are built for that kind of content, bro. Like I I love your skits. Like I'm oh, not trying thanks, to talk man. down your like your stand up because you're a you're a badass. I like the tailgating yeah. videos dude, you were doing. Yeah. Oh, Specifically thanks, the man. tailgating skits, dude. Even if you were just ripping that shit off the top of your head, that was fucking fire, man. Like you're oh, built for thanks, those skits, man. like and I'm being on YouTube and shit like that. Like those sh- yeah. I love that shit, man. I I, I mean that's the thing, is this, so I, I think I'm gonna reach out to Iron City again because um if they're talking full capacity i mean why why not why not do it again this year um we were supposed to do all 16 last year and oh, then shit. covid hit and i was like fuck, yeah man. yeah because it would just be such a cool experience but yeah uh-huh. I mean, i'm i'm just trying to i'm just trying to build something that i it's not even about money man i'm just trying to build something that i'm proud of yeah. and that that i have control in because i think that's the biggest problem is like you do a podcast, you get a sponsor, then the sponsor's like, well, you can't say that you can't like, yeah, it's really $200 a month from these assholes worth it. And yeah. And, and that's the thing, even with us, like, it's not, I mean, obviously we've only done like 20 some podcasts and it's not like we have a big name or anything, but that's kind of like where my brain has went the entire time. Like I don't ever really want to do like advertisements or anything. Cause it's just like, even though, like you said that, that 20, 20 bucks here and there, you know what I mean? Isn't shit compared to somebody saying, Hey, you got to take that down or like having right. any kind of control over something that I made. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Always be proud of what you do and, 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 you know, do it the right fucking way. Uh, you definitely been building a brand though, dude. I mean, but be- between the iron city sponsoring you and I mean, winning fucking comedian of the year in Pittsburgh multiple yeah. times, which, now, which by the way, I wasn't, just, just to clarify something, I'm gonna cut a promo right now. How was I not nominated this year? On either of them, on Pittsburgh Magazine, I wasn't nominated. On Pittsburgh City Paper, I wasn't nominated. Did they still when, have it? Yeah, and nobody's done a fucking show. Nobody. So how did all of a sudden I lose? When I'm, it's, it should be a fucking WWE DQ. Because nobody could win. How do you how do you beat me? You didn't do anything. Nobody right. did any shows. I'm still the best. Fuck that. Motherfuckers. I don't, I'm going to both fucking events with my belt. I'm beating the winner over the fucking. There you <laughs> yeah, Let's go, baby. I'm cashing in money in the bank and taking my fifth. Yeah, title. dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Let's go. <laughs> fucking man. But <laughs> to elaborate on building a brand, though, uh, you also have that clothing line that you would just came out with i wanted wanted to know if you wanted to touch on that a little bit yeah so i uh, i just i like i like pittsburgh i love you know it's the city's been so good to me uh and i i've been doing merch for my own like stand-up stuff and like i had like the matt light clothes and stuff like that like for shows but then i was like i i want clothes that like i would wear out like clothes that are comfortable nice t-shirts good quality t-shirts and so I just decided to start a, a Pittsburgh clothing company called Yins. It's Y-N-Z. 
um, and we do t-shirts and then we're going to be doing like hoodies, all kinds of shit like that. But it's just, it's just something that like, I want something that's fashionable, but also comfortable. Cause like so many people will just come out with t-shirts and they're like, like WWE shirts are literally cum socks. They're, they're <laughs> hard as shit. They're uncomfortable to wear where this is like, you can wear these anywhere. Like you can wear them to bed. They're soft. You can wear them out. They're fashionable. They're tighter on the arms. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a thick boy. So, you know, it makes my arms look good. Uh, and then it hides my gut, which is nice. So like, um, you know, I just wanted clothes that, that I would wear. And then I was like, why fucking, why not share that with other people? And so like, I have, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph, he, he wears it. Tyler Kennedy wears it. And, uh, you know, hopefully it takes off from there. And the, awesome. your skit with the, when you threw away the, the chili or the cheese dog, were you wearing one of those t-shirts? I was, yeah. Okay, was, okay. I seen it because yeah. I, I noticed the shirt, dude. Like, I, I seen it, I was like, yo, like, that's like Pittsburgh based. I seen, like I said, Yen, I was like, yeah, where'd he get that? It's yeah, so, okay, like, that's dope. As simple as that video was, dude. The other day I was watching it on lunch break and I was crying oh, fucking yeah. like 10 minutes just because of the ghost dealers part. <laughs> I was well, that's why it's so, so like, I did that because... When we went to the game, I just said, I was like, listen, I was like, let's do a 10 second video. I go, it'll get a, it'll, a bunch of views and it's going to piss off all these fucking crybabies from Cincinnati. So I looked at the views. It's like like 40,000 views on Twitter. Nice, dude. And it's all Cincinnati fans going, asshole. Who <laughs> would waste all that money? And I was like, is $6 a lot of money to you motherfuckers? <laughs> like if that then like maybe that's your problem is that you don't have a fucking job like <laughs> if you're worried about six dollars yeah. and it's just it's so crazy because it's like you know they're like dude dude spent 10 bucks for clout it's like yeah like that's how it works you have a budget for a video my budget was six dollars in your math yeah yeah dude like, <laughs> so on. what did it's i working. spend <laughs> but then i yeah you're talking shit about it it clearly worked yeah. like your pussies are all dry over this <laughs> like and he's like gosh so embarrassed of the pirates that he has to say go Steelers I'm like yeah <laughs> that's why I said go Steelers you fucking idiots <laughs> it's just like and I love it man because I'm gonna do uh, it again I'm fuck. gonna fucking gronk spike a Philly cheesesteak when I go to yes, that dude. town <laughs> Cleveland, I guess I'll just throw a syringe on the ground. I don't know what they're known for. Jesus <laughs> that would be Baltimore, right? I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah, That's I fucked. hope to do some tailgoat videos this year, man. Dude, yeah, that'll be good shit. That is good shit. I, the, yeah, yeah. The two that I see, man, that shit was awesome. So touching on the brand building, uh, Barstool Sports also had you in for some kind of boxing event. And that was kind of like at the, the beginning of me finding out who you were mm -hmm. and in your comedy career. Uh, so what was that event for? And like, what was the preparation that went into it? So rough and rowdy is like this thing they do. Um, they do it like three or four times a year. And uh, it's just a big, like it's a bunch of hillbillies pretty much is how it started. And they would just fight each other and Barstool saw what it was. And they bought this brand, <laughs> excuse me, rough and rowdy. Uh, Cause a lot of people watch it and they thought they could make it more entertaining. So they got like, all the all the big names at bars still doing commentary. Yeah. Big Cat does the national anthem and stuff. So um, the one year I went, uh, it was crazy. So uh, I went to Morgantown with twenty dollars chef fought Smitty, and um, we were like, "This is so fucking cool! Like, this is awesome!" And then a year later, I'm in their main event of their biggest show of the year, uh, which was crazy. So what happened was, I was on 
uh, a show of theirs called Barstool Idol. So it was like American Idol, but Barstool based. And it was to find uh, their next star. And so like thousands of people applied and I sent my man on the street videos um, and my wrestling stuff. And I got, a, I got maybe like a couple emails saying like a couple months later, Hey, we want you to come up. So I took a Greyhound to New York. Um, I go up there and um, right before I go up on there, I had, a, I had a whole like gimmick on what I wanted to do because I don't know if you follow Barstool right now, but like their top thing that they do right now is gambling. Uh, and this was before gambling was there. So I wanted to pitch uh, a story. Like I was going to do stand up and tell the story about how I put a death pool together on when the Pope was going to die. And uh, I was like, this will be a great story. Like they're going to love it. And then it was like five minutes before I go up on, on stage, the guy goes, Hey, Dave doesn't really like stand up. It probably won't work for you. Why don't you just pitch ideas that you'll do for Barstool? And so like, I had this like whole game plan going into it. Mm-hmm. And then I just, when I got up there, I just looked like a deer in headlights. Cause I didn't know what to say. And I was like, uh, what if I do this? And then we do that. And, and they were like, yeah, like it's a no for us. So then I saw the guy who won and I wasn't a fan of anything that he was doing. And was, I was he another like, comedian or what was? No, nah, his name was uh, Young Mantis. Okay. Just, was he just he was, another like social media guy though? He was nobody, dude. He was just mm. this awkward kid. Okay. Just this awkward kid that made cringeworthy videos. Oh. And they they picked him over me. Well, over I didn't even get I didn't move on, but he ended up winning. I'm like, well, you know what? My buddy, I lived with my buddy at the time. He was like, fucking just start talking shit to him and challenge him to a fight. And I was like, I'm like, the kid has like a, some sort of disability or something. I'm like, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to fucking go after him, like, yeah. but to fight him, but I'm going to fuck with him because he has the least amount of viewers on his page. So I know he'll see it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's the one that I can get. So I just started fucking bashing him. Meanwhile, he's not a bad kid, but it's just, I had to do what I had to uh, yeah, do. You got to do what you got to do. There. So I'm just fucking shitting on him. And then, he comes back with a couple good insults and then chef comes out of nowhere. And he's like, fuck you. He's like, you want to settle this? We could fight it rough and rowdy. And I was like, all right, like fight me then. And he was like, well, first you got to fight somebody in Jacksonville. And I was like, no, you're Owen one. You, you don't get to say nothing, bro. <laughs> you're a fucking loser. This is my, this is my moment. You want to yeah. fight me? You you're calling me out. We're going to fight. I'm not doing a fucking gauntlet to get to you. Who yeah. are you? You're not right. Mayweather. You're fucking Owen one. <laughs> so his producer reaches out and they're like, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. He's like, All right, you need to be the bad guy. Chef will be the good guy. And you guys will go back and forth. So I had all these like vignette ideas about going back and forth with him starting shit. And like, it just seemed like, they, did you they, know him prior to this? Sorry for interrupting. No, okay. I didn't know who he was. Um, I, but it's funny though. Cause I took a picture with him after the fight. Cause he was the main event at the last show. And I liked chef. I thought he was a cool dude and, yeah. and stuff like that. And then I fucking, then I instantly was like, fuck this guy. I hate his fucking guts. When in reality, I thought, I thought at the time that we were both on the same page where it was like, this is just a work. You know what I mean? But then I could tell like he actually didn't like me. And then I didn't like him after that. I'm like, yeah. fuck, you know? So they wanted like all these like training montages. And I'm like, that's not funny. 
Like if people want to watch real fighting, they'll watch boxing on Showtime, on ESPN, on HBO, yeah. pay-per-view. They want to see like, like let's roast each other and just completely shit on each other. You know what I mean? Like I was going to do a, cause he has a, he has a lazy eye and I was going to get a googly eye on my face and I was going to do a chef show, how, how to cook shit or something. And just do, and they were like, yeah, that's not, we're not going to do that. I'm like, I'm like, why not? Yeah, come like, on, that's dude. What people that would sell. Me. So yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, then people will fucking hate my guts. They'll boo the shit out of me. Yeah. Like, I'll get my ass knocked out because dude is big as fuck compared to me. Like, I knew I wasn't gonna win that fight. Like, you're fucking crazy. So it was I a had... shoot fight too. It wasn't like it was a fake. No, it was a shoot fight. And like, so what happened? But I, I will tell you this though: when I was training, like, I was I was fucking dudes up, like, and I was doing really well. And then uh, a week and a half, two weeks before the fight. I fucking dislocate my jaw and get a concussion. Damn. And so I'm like, all right, do I tell anybody about this? Cause like, this is like, I thought my big moment to get a job with Barstool. So we were like, we're fucking going with it. You know what I mean? Like I'm still fucking doing this. I'll be fine. Um, so we do it. And then I noticed like, because I was training, I lost a lot of weight. So I was 183 and I had to weigh 202. So when I go to the weigh and I have ankle weights on, I had that Shawn Michaels vest that was made out of sand that was on underneath my track jacket so that I could even make weight for a fight. Dude was 60 pounds heavier than me. Damn. He was a foot taller than me. And uh, I knew like, I knew it wasn't going to be easy just because of his size. And like, so when I pushed him, he didn't budge the way that I wanted him to. And I was like, fuck <laughs> I was like, this is this isn't gonna be good but then i was like fired up i'm like let's fucking go the second i got into that ring after doing the Shawn michaels pose and i saw him come out i like shit my pants oh, I, was, I, was like, <laughs> I lost every bit of confidence because i was like oh this is real like i've yeah. been training for this yeah and uh i my my buddy matt layshock who trained me he was like are you ready i was like i'm gonna piss my pants and <laughs> I, was like, I can't feel my legs and he just patted me on the back. He's like, good luck, dude. You'll be fine. So 20 seconds in, like he's just on top of me where I can't do anything. So now my head's down. I'm swinging. I throw a left that, that would have landed, but my shit was wide open. He just fucking fucked me. So he hits me. I go down. I hit my head off the ground. They call that a double tap. So they were worried about what's called a double tap because it looked like I was out. However, when I got down, anytime you get knocked down in boxing, you're told roll over, get on a knee and then get up. Right. That's yeah. the, that's how you do it. And you want to get up at eight seconds. So I was like, I'm going to take my fucking time. I didn't have time. to, I didn't have a chance to take my time. I rolled over to do that. And then he stopped it. And we were at like three seconds. And then I popped up where it would have been like five seconds. I was like, fuck that. I was like, we're, we're going like, I'm fine. You know, yeah. I just watch a guy tear his ro rotator cuffs, fucking throwing these stupid haymakers and yeah. shit. Like I'm fine. So I don't leave the ring. I start all this fucking shit. I was like, listen, I came here for a job. I didn't come here to fight. I wanted to work for Barcelona. This is my fucking WrestleMania moment. If you think I'm walking out of here, you're out of your fucking mind. I'm yeah. stealing the show. So I won't leave the fucking ring. And now everybody, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Blake Bortles are standing up in the balcony going, Matt, 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 the whole fucking crowd Fit, double turn they all love me now chef will come <laughs> back and fight me they're fucking booing chef now <laughs> barstool at this point is losing their fucking minds because they're like what the fuck just happened and i said i i, was like, I told you guys i'm stealing the fucking show whether i win or lose 
Yeah. I will be the talk of the whole fucking night. So then Chef won't come back and fight me. And then his producer goes, we're going to fight. We're going to fight. I go, no, fuck you. You had your chance. I was in the ring for 20 minutes. I wouldn't leave the ring. It was yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not fucking leaving. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was ready for this moment. And then, you know, um, people wanted me to do a rematch again. And I was like, I'm not fighting him. Like, he's too big. Like, yeah. it's just, it's something that would not be fun. <laughs> Give me the manest kid for real this time. <laughs> Yeah, give me fucking that dude. And so so Chef gets fired. Um, Chef gets fired from Barstool maybe two months ago. And before that, um, every rough and rowdy, people always tag me and Chef and stuff. And I've always recently been really respectful because the dude won. Um, and uh, it was really hard for me. for a, a, And I know it sounds crazy because it's just a stupid fight. I hate losing. And because yeah. I never had a rematch... It fucking bugged me every single day. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like friends with him now. And I was like, going to say, hey, you should have him on the podcast, dude. That would be. I, I should. It would be fun. And so I am. Um, oh, that would be good. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do that. So and and we just talked a little bit. And I was like, hey, man, I heard about Barstool, man. Like, I don't know if you got fired or just released. But um, I said, I wish you the best of luck, man. I, You know, I had so much fun. And uh, he even said, like, oh, that was great for my career. Thank you for for doing it. And then, you know, people always tag us and will we ever fight again? And uh, we both laugh and we go, well, we'll never say never. But the guy that I want is Stu Finer, the old guy um, that screams really loud because he asked, he suggested fighting me after this happened. And then he tore his like, arm and couldn't do it. And uh, I, he's my size. So it only makes sense that I would fight somebody my size. Uh, and, uh, and I'll just beat his fucking head in. Like I would yeah. destroy this dude and it would be my moment. Um, cause the big thing was, I just wanted a job at Barstool. I thought my content matches with Barstool. Um, but then talking to some people and I won't use any names. Um, they pretty much said, Hey, you're probably not going to ever work for Barstool because of your personality. Cause it seems like all the interns that they have there are just goofballs that they bully around. And they're like, obviously that's not you like you yeah. bullied around and shit yeah, you, like that you match the bully presence around here not the fucking the people getting bullied yeah so and i think like i think there's just no place for me there but like man i would have loved to have worked for them i think i think dave liked me a lot big cat i think liked me up until what i did and then he, he was like i went up to him afterwards and i was like hey man like thanks for the opportunity and he was with pft and he kind of just gave me yeah whatever fuck you kid and I was just like, what did you want me to do? Really? Yeah. Like, this is an entertaining show, right? Like I fucking, it, it was, a, the whole event was a snooze fest. There's 28 fights. How many times can you watch guys in fucking Wrangler jeans and boots throw haymakers yeah. all fucking night? Like I, I made it a fucking WWE event. Like it was crazy. I took the mic. I, yeah, I remember the iconic pictures where you're doing the DX. Yeah, <laughs> did the suck it. I fucking, I, I was standing with the crowd. They're patting my back. They're chanting. Fuck you, chef, Matt, Matt, Matt. And I think like the fact that I hijacked the show kind of fucked me, but at the same time, um, I was going to do that win or lose. So cool. I just lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's still a badass moment. It's fun. Uh, touching back on the COVID though, if you don't mind kind of getting yeah. off the, the fun topics and getting into the more serious things. Yeah. Uh, I know you did speak on having cancer and we'll get to that, but mm -hmm. first we'll touch on the, the COVID experience. I know you had COVID and were down bad there for about a week, yeah. a week or so. Yeah. 
month. Month. Oh. Okay. How long yeah, were you in the hospital? The, were you in the hospital a week though, right? I was in the hospital for four days. Okay. Um, so when I when I first got sick, I just felt like exhausted, uh, like a regular flu. And then my breathing got worse throughout the week. And then it came came to a point where like I wanted to get an x-ray and I got an x-ray and I had double pneumonia, but the doctors didn't even tell me, even though it showed up on the x-ray, they sent me home and uh, they said, if your oxygen gets below 89 again, which it was like 84 when I went there, um, just uh, come back and we'll, we'll, we'll help you out. I go, what do you mean you'll help me out? Like yeah. my shit's under 89. Now you yeah. won't give me oxygen. So what are you, what, what are you going to fucking do for me? So I left and then my, my PCP told me, they were like, Hey, you have double pneumonia. Why, what are you taking for that? Like, what, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? And they showed me the results and I was like, dude told me I was fine. And they were like, no, you're not. And uh, you should, you know, schedule an appointment. So the next day I woke up, my oxygen was at like 74. Fuck. Which is like, you're lucky really you didn't bad. die in your sleep, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, so like my, my girlfriend at the time, um, she, took me to the hospital and I was like, well, let me shower first because like, I didn't want to be all gross. Cause you yeah. know, so I, I tried to shower and the hot steam from the shower almost knocked me down and I couldn't stand anymore. So I go to the hospital, I'm there and dude, like I go into this fucking room and like seven people are working on me, like two doctors, two nurses, two special, whatever the helpers are. And then, then there's this fucking guy who comes in trying to get all my information. Like, hey, what's your name? What's your birthday? Like the guy that wants to f- runs the front desk. And I can't like at this point, I can't breathe. Like I can't really talk. So I'm just like this to him. I'm like giving him the finger, like shut up. You know what I mean? And he's just looking at me like I'm an asshole. And then ner- the nurse and doctor's like, do you really have to be fucking doing that right now? Like, dude, literally is just yeah. laying here like. And then, like, so once I could talk and I had oxygen in my shit, I was like, bro, I didn't mean to tell you, fuck you. I just was like, I can't talk to yeah. you right now. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So um, I'm hospitalized for four days. The food was absolutely delicious. I think I had a, uh, a hockey puck style piece of sausage one day. <laughs> I had a uh, government fucking cheese sandwich the next day. I mean, like, for a place that's supposed to make you healthy, they really don't fucking look at any of their nutrition. Yeah. Like it's the, it, I had French toast sticks, which I thought they quit making in 1997. <laughs> uh, apparently those are still a thing. And then I'm in a room, I'm by myself. My, so your mental health uh, is really bad. If you, with COVID, like I, my fucking brain was having like the weirdest thoughts to where like, I thought I was going to have to be hospitalized. I was just going fucking crazy, dude. I was having blurred vision um, and I'm still suffering from blurred vision. My breathing is still bad. Um, I, I still have headaches daily. Um, so I am on oxygen still. Um, but I just, uh, when I do things, I take it off and then I, I put it back on because I'll do that after this. Um, and so I'm in the room though. And there's this guy, there's this black dude on the phone and he's, uh, he's like, in the room next to me, not like with me because with COVID, but it was the, the door next to me and he's on his phone with speaker and he's talking about how the Steelers need to get the Sean Watson, which is a bad take right now. Um, but at the time it was like, it was like, yeah, I, I fuck with this dude, but Hey, maybe don't like be screaming at 8 PM at night, you know? And so like, I'm trying to sleep and it's like 1130 and I hear gospel music. Like, 
banging like and he's singing these gospel songs and i'm dude it's going on until 4 a.m and i'm like listen motherfucker if you want to meet jesus i'll help you <laughs> keep playing this fucking music and i yell it and uh oh, i was so fucking pissed man oh i believe it dude Next morning, it's like 6 a.m. I look like a coked out fucking psychopath because <laughs> I haven't slept. I'm oh, shaking. Man. I'm like, I'm going to beat him over the fucking head with a bedpan like Austin McMahon. <sighs> the nurse comes in. She's like, are you all right? I was like, no. She's like, Is there anything I can do? I'm like, yeah. Pull the fucking oxygen from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't fucking take him. <laughs> She started laughing. She's like, oh, he's real nice. I'm like, well, then you know he's going to heaven. Just let it happen. And I'm fucking, dude, I'm so like, at this point, I'm like, I don't even need oxygen. Just somebody pick me up and get me out of here. I'll fucking kill myself. So I, and I, and so after four days, I go back home and I'm still all fucked up. My breathing's all fucked up. And you know, we're still progressing to get better and better each day. And, you know, unfortunately, I'm probably still at 85 percent where I want to be. Um, it's a long fucking journey. And uh, it just really bums me out because, like, I see all these people on social media that haven't taken this seriously. Um, and I didn't say, like, I took it so seriously, but I'm respectful. I wear my masks. Right. Have I gone out? Yeah, I've gone out like everybody does. But be smart about it be respectful if you're gonna go see your grandparents maybe don't fucking go to the you know jacks the night before you know um and so you know seeing all these vaccine numbers looking great like i think we're close to 30 percent right now of people that at least got one shot it's fucking awesome man because i can't wait to get back to normalcy um it's something that i'm, I'm sure none of us ever expected that we would yeah, be no. locked down and wearing fucking masks. Like I used to laugh at Make the you... Asian people that had masks on at the airport. Yeah. And like, what the fuck are they worried about? What are you talking right, about? Mm -hmm. And like, even when this was beginning, I had a show and uh, in January and February, and I saw these people wearing masks and it was, it was Americans. It was Asians. It was, it was everyone were wearing these masks before COVID even hit here. And I'm like, look at these fucking losers. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then you find out how real it is. Right, and man. You're like, fuck. And it's like, it's like, it's not about you. Like if you're a healthy person, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. But, you know, think about the people that aren't, you know, and just try not to spread this shit. Um, but the numbers are going down. I know we're opening up. A little bit more i just hope we don't go into a second lockdown Sorry, because dude. canada's doing it right now um canada's in lockdown again virtually again and it sucks because i have friends up there and I, I wanted to go visit during the summer but it just doesn't look like it's gonna fucking happen because they're uh they're not they're i think canada's like 48th on the list of who's gonna get all the new vaccines and we're 12th but sure. I mean, like, boo, we've been banging these motherfuckers out, and, yeah. and I'm I'm so happy about that. And and honestly, I I'm, I'm not even getting political here because I think they both wanted to get this done. I, yeah. You know what I mean? I think both parties did. Um, and you know, Biden's in there right now, and he's fucking pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And uh, my gram is like not anti-vax, but she's 84 years old. She's like, I don't yeah. fucking care. Like, yeah. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. She saw how sick I was and what it did to me. Uh, and she called me last week and goes, hey, I just want to tell you, I got that stupid fucking vaccine. 
because I love you. And that was like the coolest shit ever. Yeah. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm like, good. Like, cause I, I want to keep you around for a little bit. And, and I'm, I'm glad that like my shit did that because um, I know like when I posted it, I didn't want to post it for sympathy. I yeah. posted it because I know a lot of people follow my shit. And um, I know a lot of people that I'm friends with didn't think, you know, it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so to see somebody that, you know, get it, I was just hoping that it would change their opinion on some things. And, and, and maybe they were, a little bit more um, educated on the situation or just, or just find ways like whatever you believe, like don't read it off of fucking Facebook or a blog yeah. or some bullshit, some like organic queef sauce that <laughs> fixes COVID like fucking trust the guys that dedicated their life to this shit. Yeah. So, you know, so that's, I'm, I'm, but, but we're getting better, man. And I, and I hope to, to be back by summer. I think now that you just touched on your whole COVID experience though, we'll get into the deeper experience of your king, you yourself being HB. Uh, Jesus Christ. That's a tongue twister. HB. Yeah. You said it. You're the man. <laughs> um, what was that experience like? And like, how did you find out that you had cancer? Well, to be honest, I faked it and I never had cancer. So what a heel turn. <laughs> <laughs> he really is a heel. Yeah. So I am. Um, it was crazy, man. I, um, I, I was sick for about a year. I had night sweats. My back was hurting. Uh, I just, I didn't know what the fuck it was because nothing seemed like it was uh, connected. You know what I mean? So I just thought I just was all just out of shape and fucking fat. And uh, so I started to eat healthier. And when I said to eat healthier, I, I lost 50 pounds in a month. And uh, I was like, oh, this is good. Like after like the first week, it was like 10 pounds, but this is pretty sweet. And then two weeks I was at like 30 pounds and I'm like, okay, this something's fucked up here. So, uh -huh. And then the thing that's fucked up is like, I had to wait to get health insurance to go to the doctor. You know what I mean? So like I had to wait for this to come into effect before I could go, which made me even more sick. Um, I go there and um, I don't know what I, what I had, what it was. I just, people are like, what do you think it is? I'm like, I don't know. It's probably gout or Crohn's. And uh, I don't know what those are. It just sounded like what it felt like. I'm like, this, I hear you, man. this feels like Crohn's. This is what this is going to be. <laughs> and so um, I'm hosting an open mic. I get the results back while, while I get off stage to bring up another comedian. They're like, you have cancer. And I was like, what? And uh, I, I just remember leaving. And uh, I went home and I just sat on the floor and stared at a wall. And I just was like, this is fucking. Yeah, it. that's got to be one of those fucking like one of those experiences where you're like you never picture it being you no and i was like why and that was one of the things is like when you're going through chemo the first time you walk in you're scared as fuck and you see people that are 70 80 years old and then you're the only 20 year old in there and i was 24 and i was so just upset because i was like why now like these people not being a dick yeah, but when you're in your seventies or eighties, you get it. But why now, when like I'm the happiest I've ever been, you're gonna fucking take this from me? And um, so I was really like upset and mad for probably like the first two weeks that I was sick. But my mom um, is a very sensitive person, and so any little thing triggers her. And I just was like. 
right, I have to like joke about this shit. I have to, because if not, she's going to lose her fucking mind. She's going to, so I was strong for it, even though inside, you know, I was fucking terrified. You know, I couldn't cry in front of anybody because then they would feel bad for me. So I just, you know, I just joked about shit. Like I'd be in the hospital and they give you the oxygen sensor, the little clamp on your finger. And I would just hold my fucking breath. So it could beep and they'd come fucking running in. I'm like, I'm just kidding. Like, um, (laughs) I mean, like, so it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, they fucking did a spinal tap or something. They put a screw in my back and was like digging and they, they tried to numb my back beforehand. They couldn't numb me. So I literally felt a screw go into my fucking spine and like, and they're trying to talk to me to calm me down. I'm like, yo, I'm like, just shut the fuck up and do it. Like, I can't, yeah. you expect me to talk when you have a fucking fork in my back. Yeah. You know? And it fuck. just was like, dude, it was, it was, it was so shitty. And like, um, but it, it, but it, 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 it made me who I am, man. And uh, it's, I, I appreciate every little thing in my life now. Uh, I don't let little things bother me anymore. Uh, I'm grateful for everything that happens. And it, it, it really, I mean, I'm not saying like cancer was good to get, um, but I don't think I would appreciate every moment if it wasn't for that. So to that, I'm thankful. And what was so cool about this is uh, full circle. Tom Green was my hero growing up. I wanted to be just like him. I didn't want to get cancer like him, uh, but I did. And when I met him and we did the shows, I told him my story and uh, and we talked about like how it like changes your life perspective and and how it's like, fuck it, dude, just do what you want. Like you you at this point, I owe everybody nothing like this is my time to do what I want and I'm using it to follow my dreams, uh, you know, to be good around the people that have been there supportive for me. And um, it's, you know, in a sick way, it was something that I needed because I had a bad temper. I was an asshole. When people cut me off, I'd drive up to them and fucking flick them off, eat my balls, suck a dick. And that stuff, I'm just like, hey, man, like, I don't know why they're speeding. They're, you know, they might be rushing to the hospital to see their fucking grandparents. They might be, you know, taking their kid to soccer practice or they just might be some fucking dickhead in a car that they can't afford. Like, I don't know what the situation is, but, you know, it's it was something that um, uh, it was terrible. But, you know, you you find the good in it. You can laugh at it. And um, uh, every day that I'm still here, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it. So how long have you been in remission? Eight years. Congratulations, man. Seven, yeah, man. Seven, seven. I'm sorry. Okay. But yeah, seven. Yeah. But yeah, no, that yeah, that's just fuck. That's that's crazy, dude. Yeah. What fuck. what cancer was it again? Hodgkin's lymphoma. I had stage three. Um, so it was it wasn't good. Um, I had a, I think it was a 10, 10 centimeter mass, uh, around my aorta, which would have oh, fucking. Just yeah, collapsed it. holy fuck and we didn't we didn't know and uh it was uh it was fucked up dude but um, no doubt man fuck i was scared i didn't even know what an aorta was when they told me that right and i was just like oh well fucking uh this sounds not fun no dude um but i i ended up looking i looked it up and i saw what it was and i was like oh shit like fuck so yeah uh, but, 
but Dr. Marks and everybody at UPMC Hillman Cancer Center were phenomenal. And uh, my favorite uh, moment in stand-up, man, it's on my Facebook. So I is my first time headlining the Pittsburgh Improv, and um, it was the night of the Stone Cold Stunner. But before I do that, I I was look. I, it was my first time headlining. It's a sold-out show. Everyone was there, and um, there was a reservation for like 12 in the third row. And I didn't know anybody that had 12 seats. And then um, later I I totally forgot about that. And I get on stage and I'm about to talk about my cancer shit. And something told me like, just look over here. And I looked over, dude, it was my oncologist, Dr. Marks and the whole fucking staff that worked on me. And like, Oh yeah. Dude, it was like the fucking coolest thing ever. Like I, you know, I'm playing this asshole on stage, uh-huh. and, and I knew, see they him. knew who you really were. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, I was like, is that? And I was like, holy shit! I was like, you got to come up here, man. So I brought him up there. I hugged him. I had fucking tears in my oh, eyes. Oh yeah, man. I can and I'm imagine. like wiping them. I'm like, I didn't expect this. And then I, then I go back to being a dickhead like 30 seconds. <laughs> later. But it was just, dude. It was like the fucking coolest thing in the world because I mean. I don't know how many patients that they have, but like they like they fucking care about you. I know the yeah, healthcare man. systems are all fucked up and it's expensive and the insurance is bullshit. But the people that really work there, man, like for them to be there for me, I'll never forget that moment. Um, and that was that day was so special for me um, that they were there so that no one will ever like nothing will be better than that day for me, especially because of what I went through. It was just crazy. That happened. The stunner happened that night. That got me on Good Morning America. That got me going viral. Um, And then my cousin, who was in the military, he passed away. He's the one who threw me the fucking beers. Oh, really? So it's like that. Like it's just like like the perfect storm of like everything in my life that has meant so much to me that is either gone or affected me was all there that at that day. So like, it was just, I, wow. nothing will be like that again for me. It's incredible, dude. Yeah, dude. No, yeah, no doubt. We're getting towards the tail end of our podcast and we normally do two things with every guest. Um, the first one is a wrestling Mount Rushmore, but I want to do two different Mount Rushmores with you. I want to do a wrestling one and a comedy one, if you don't mind. Yeah. And uh, then go off your personal favorites too. Cause we always, everyone's always asking like, Oh, how do you want to do it? And, We'll go off so my so my personal favorites, mm-hmm. it would literally just be the click, um, hundred percent. Okay. It would be, it would be Shawn Michaels, Triple H, uh, maybe no, you know what, Razor Ramon. But then I would probably add The Rock okay. instead because I think those were the four. I wasn't a Stone Cold guy. I didn't like Stone Cold because uh, when he beat Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania fourteen, I was like, fuck him. I hate his guts. Like, <laughs> he made my guy retire. I didn't realize what really was. Yeah. issue when i was eight so i didn't like him um so yeah i, I mean Shawn michaels would be there i would put dolph up there only not i might because the longevity of how long i've liked him uh at this point and he's still there but yeah razor was awesome um triple h has to be up there i mean like as far as storytelling's considered he's got to be one of the one of the best ever i think razor ramon threw the best strikes his punches were just so fucking good. Did you like and him better as Razor or Scott Hall? Razor. Yeah, because like I didn't watch WCW that much. And like for me, like I loved how he was just a shitty Scarface. Yeah. 
you know like yeah, I Ray's just one thought, of my favorites of all time so he yeah dude he's awesome um i never liked the undertaker i didn't like dislike him but then like uh he also retired sean and then I was like, fuck the Undertaker. I hate this asshole. <laughs> and meanwhile, at that point, obviously, I knew like it was going to be the last match and that he wanted him to be the one to retire him. But I was like, fuck him. And I don't like the Undertaker because also I was supposed to be at his last match against Roman Reigns. At, uh, me and you both. Me and you both. Yeah. So we go to that. And I'm like, I got to see him retire. And the fucking prick wrestles for fucking six more years. That's why my selfish ass doesn't want CM Punk to come back. Just because I was like, well, I seen him at the Rumble, yeah. <laughs> I have one of them chairs. I'd love to get him to fucking sign that. That dude. would be sick. Wouldn't it be that awesome? Would be awesome, dude. He's gonna come back though. Yeah, I feel. That. Do you think he'll come back with WWE or AEW? No, he's gonna AEW. They're gonna wait. They're gonna wait until that crowd is is 100, and he's gonna come back, dude. And, and here's the thing: I don't like Punk. I think he's a fucking baby. I, I don't understand. The I don't understand why so many people love him the way that they do. As far as a wrestler, it never impressed me. As far as his like, he just was like a fucking if Stone Cold went to warp tour, is what I felt like. <laughs> like they just you I know, like it, it yeah. just was like I we've already seen this before. <laughs> You're a spoiled fucking baby. You were champion for almost 500 days, and you're mad you don't headline WrestleMania. It's not fucking real, Bret Hart. Like, how many times do you have to think that this? It's not. Re- You're still making the fucking main event money. You're still making. You have the belt. Shut up. Yeah. Like, how many people you know in the last ten years that had the title for over four hundred days? Yeah. Fucking nobody. You had it. Like, just shut up. And it's like you're not. You're not the Rock. You're not going to draw like the Rock and Cena. Are you out of your fucking mind? Nobody would. Right. It was generation versus generation. That's you weren't a generation. You were hot that year. And for the past year or two before that, you know, and I think the biggest problem was when Daniel Bryan fucking didn't go in that rumble. Mm-hmm. And then the fans went on social media and cuckolded everything. And then he fucking beat triple H and then he won the title. He had to do all that shit. And ever since then, the fans, if they keep complaining, they get what they want. And I fucking, mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. I think that's the way bullshit. you're not a CM Punk guy, the way I, I'm not that way with Daniel Bryan. I can't fucking stand Daniel Bryan. He sucks. Yeah. He's so boring, dude. He's, yeah. he's, his like, wrestling's good. It's just like you just said, it's the boring and he has no good personality. He's like, fucking Dean Malenko. It's the exact same <laughs> yep. fucking, yeah, dude, you can wrestle. I don't care. You fuck cool, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so and then for wrestling, I mean for stand-up comedy, um, my Mount Rushmore would be Dave Chappelle. He's my number one as well. Yeah, I mean he he's the fucking best ever. Um, oh man, I love Anthony Jeselnik. Um, Isn't he from Pittsburgh? From yeah, he's Upper St. Clair. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't put him on the Mount Rushmore though, but but I like him. Uh, Bill Burr, I think he's he's my fuck. other one. Yeah, this is so tough, man. I I I'm had just... three right off the spot because I know I'd have Chappelle, Burr, yeah. and Diaz. Like Diaz is just a personal like. I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Love the outrageous. Oh, I get it. Yeah, fucking cocksucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good shit. <laughs> and then maybe I'd even put Rogan in there, not even for the stand-up aspect, but just all the shit that he's brought his to the influence. game and his yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I can see that. I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not the biggest Rogan fan, 
but I, I enjoy him. I like him, but I'm not like, I don't watch his podcast as much as a lot of people do. I stand up. I've seen a couple of them. Um, yeah. I mean, fuck dude, like Chappelle. I'm just four Dave Chappelle's is what cool. I would just yeah, do. I I'd mean, be fine cause, with it. cause I just feel like that dude is just on another level. I mean, he's talking about social justice issues and, and I can still watch it. Like, yeah. and it's, even if it's not comedy related, I'm like, he's fucking just brilliant, dude. He's everything he does is so good. When he tells a story, like he talked about the baby selling crack on the street. And it's like, I literally, I think we all have the same image of that baby. Like, <laughs> I need to feed my kids. Like, we know what he looks like. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Chappelle, Chappelle Burr. Dude, I, I'll tell you what, man. I know it's crazy. Andrew Dice Clay was fucking, was one of them. And, uh, Man, who else? Sandler, but uh, I mean, wasn't really his stand-up that was. But as far as influences, I mean, like my influence for comedy would be probably um, Tom Green, Adam Sandler, um, you know, like a Dave Chappelle, and then fucking, I'd even put Dane Cook up there, even though he's not like. Only because he was the first rock star comedian of my generation. Yeah. Because, like, I wasn't there for Eddie Murphy. You know what I mean? I wasn't there for Dice Clay. But, like, Dane, to me, like, the way that he did everything. Yeah, I remember that when he was in, like, Madison Square Garden or whatever, when he was, like, center stage and it looked like a fucking... uh, Like like a Woodstock for comedy almost. (laughs) Yeah, it it was just... It was something that, like, even if you don't like him, you got to appreciate, like, what he fucking did for comedy. Yeah. The big arenas are crazy. Kevin Hart, I love. I know a lot of like people don't like him. I think it's kind of like a well, Nickelback to me does actually suck. But like how like I like them just, though. But yeah, but just, exactly as far as how like people pick something and like, hey, we all need to go hate this all at the same time. John Cena, it's the cool thing. Yeah, I, I thought John Cena instantly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's the, the same thing. Yeah, I would say Dane Cook is the John Cena of comedy. Like you fucking, you don't like him, but you like him. You know, like you wouldn't say he sucks to his face, but yeah. you'll watch it and be like, Dane sucks. You go to a Dane Cook show, you're going to laugh. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it I just... was more referring on the Kevin Hart thing, though, because I feel like the Kevin Hart oh, is yeah. slowly turning yeah, yeah, yeah. on him now, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, for actually, yeah, more so Kevin Hart because right. of all the movies and everything he does. And he's just become so fucking Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, he's great. Which yeah, is I crazy he's too, because cool, yeah, because yeah, Kevin Hart, like I remember him, like when I was younger, being in like fucking like Soul Plane and shit, and it, it felt yeah, like Scary Movie mm-hmm. Three. Yeah, and right, it was bitch. never popular until like fucking another fifteen years later. Yeah, that's what's crazy about this game, man. It's like I, I'm so close to like just being like, I'm done. I'm over nah. this. I'm never gonna make it. And then yeah. it's like, well, fuck, dude. All it takes is one video. It really moment. does, bro. So I'm just, I just, I gotta get that moment, man. I, Dude, and your your skits are fucking fire, dude. This shit, Thanks, it's, you know what I mean? I hope no so. doubt, brother. And then, like I said, we end the podcast with this as well. We do a ten random questions, and they're not not to any certain guest or anything. They're always usually just like basically submitted, and we just go in order. So, okay. uh, number one is what's the most underrated food place you've ever been to? Storms in Pittsburgh. It's an Italian restaurant called Storms. Uh, it used to be located downtown. Uh, and I don't know where it's at now, but I would say Storms, 100% Italian food. You get the uh, the uh, chicken Romano. It was fucking phenomenal. 
So I, I've never out. even heard of that, so I'm gonna have to. Yeah, check. me neither. Check them out, bro. Tell them, tell them I sent you too. They'll fucking hook you up. Bad shit, dude. Nadine's would is one of mine, dude. Have you ever had Nadine's? And I've stuff? heard of it. Isn't that breakfast? When I went, a, they were making lunch, so I think they do a little mix of everything. I don't know. If is he, that in Allentown? No, it's in Southside. It's way okay. on the fucking like other end, like towards the Steelers complex almost. Okay. And it's like in the fucking cut, dude. Like, and, and I don't even know if they survived the whole COVID bullshit. Yeah. But, mm. Um. Second question is: Have you ever done acid? No, but I would. I still would. I did mushrooms once, and I did it over the summer, and uh, it did nothing to me. Damn it! I don't mushrooms think I are amazing. Enough. Yeah, I hear they're amazing. My, I, I like I said, I'll do any, I'll try it. But uh, no, I've never done acid, but I 100% would. But you got to be with the right fucking people. 100%, in the right brother. Environment. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the dude above, well, I don't know how he's laid out on your screen, but I was going to say the guy above me would be the guy to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's the best Dave Chappelle character skit? Oh, come on. It's Clayton Bigsby. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's it's so fucking good. I mean, the, and, and that was the first episode. I mean, like he just fucking went balls of the wall, went right all in on that. And I mean, it's so good. Um, I loved him. And then uh, Rick James, probably number two. Um, but fuck, dude. Yeah, it's got to be Clayton Bigsby, dude. Tyrone, Tyrone Biggums, Biggums. Yeah. is pretty, <laughs> pretty fire, too. And then if you're no, I, talking about a non-Dave character, I always like the Ashy Larry too. Oh yeah, from the World Series of Dice. Yeah. When he was doing it. <laughs> now I liked uh who the fuck was it? Uh Buck Nasty from uh the players ball, the yeah. haters. Charlie was, Murphy. Uh, Charlie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was hilarious. I liked yeah. the, during the World Series of Dice too when uh Chappelle was Leonard Washington. He's like, if you want this money, you're gonna have to shoot me. And uh <laughs> And uh, Charlie Murphy was just like, okay, and just shoots him in the leg. <laughs> Wayne Brady was good, though, too. Yeah, he was. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, I mean, so many good. That was honestly, for how little the seasons were, that was one of the best shows ever. 100%. It was unreal. And I know, like, he's, like, bitter with Key and Peele about that because, like, you just took my show. Yeah. And, and I don't think they're funny at all. I know a lot of people love them, but I don't find them funny at I all. I like them. I, I like Key and Peele. I, I like their I, show. But I... I don't think they're consistent the way that Chappelle was. Every sketch, every sketch Chappelle had, I would say, if there was five in an episode, four of them were great. One was yeah. okay, or wasn't? I wasn't for me. I loved uh, Calvin though from McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> Calvin got a job because I didn't know that that was a commercial in the early nineties. Yeah, it, did you know that? Like no. it was Calvin. Like literally, they were like telling black people go work at mcdonald's to build a career and like everyone in the hood is like yo calvin like you keeping it real and then like he was like the success story in the hood because he's fucking frying food (laughs) and like the fact that i know that now and rewatch it i'm like oh man (laughs) like Chappelle's just the best yeah i like the end of that skit where he's like snapping on his girlfriend he's like i get you big back i get you fries i ain't getting you shit yeah Yeah. (laughs) She's like, Ew, you smell like French fries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Who's next question. Yeah. <laughs> next question. Are you allergic to anything? Uh yeah. I, I like fresh cut grass, uh, cats, dogs, fucking almost everything. Pollen Fuck. fucks me up. But I, I've come to like with animals, I can handle it because I just 
we'll deal with it. But yeah, fresh cut grass has been awesome because I never had to cut my grass as a kid. <laughs> that was it. Does ICP belong in the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame? I mean, who just got in this year? Uh, Ozzy got in and they had somebody else from the last year. Yeah, I mean, William Shatner, I think, was the yeah, other one. So it's so. just like, I mean, at this point, yeah, why not, right? They actually wrestled, right? They were with the oddities and shit, so mm-hmm. put them in. Why Why not, you know? Uh, I think the celebrity wing's a fucking joke to begin with. I think and the I, whole Hall of Fame, in a way, considering there's actually no physical Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah, It's and I also, though, I don't know how many people would go to it, though. I think that's why. I feel mm. like if you put it down in Orlando... And like yeah. had it near the training By the facility. Performance center. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. They should. That would they be the perfect spot with... with all the Florida vacations. Yeah. I like that. Um, have you ever used a fire extinguisher? No. Yeah, no. Me neither. They're yeah, usually neither expired. Yeah. <laughs> all the ones I see are usually expired. <laughs> if you I've could... seen one be used, but I've never used it. Yeah, that's same here. If you could remove any TV show from TV right now, what would it be? Um, the Bachelor. I'm, I'm actually surprised the way the cancel culture is. I'm surprised people don't find that show offensive, to be honest right. with you. Well, I just, here's my th- thoughts. Is I, I just hate how the unreal expectations fucking ruin your dates with women. Okay. I'm not, I'm never going to show up to your house on a horse and buggy with balloons made out of diamonds uh you know and i also don't like the fact that like one dude um is dating 15 chicks making (laughs) out with all of them and they're all completely fine with that and the girls that watch this show that i date get mad if i like a girl's instagram photo (laughs) like how the fuck is that a thing like i like a photo i'm an asshole and you're eating 10 chicks boxes over (laughs) 72 hours (laughs) And I'm a prick. Yeah. Fuck that. I don't I don't really watch TV too much, but if I was to pick one, I would pick any of those like HD TV uh shows where they're like, Yeah, we're buying a house, we're both unemployed oh. and our budget is fucking nine million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like yes, it just makes you feel like a piece of shit. Yeah, I always I watch those shows and then I'm like, all right, I gotta watch Intervention. I gotta feel better <laughs> about balance myself. Shit out. Yeah, like is live PD on? Like, <laughs> gotta balance this out. No doubt, bro. Uh, create a fuck Mary kill for the host of the show and have the host ask it to the next guest. Okay, so I'm asking it to you two. Yeah, I guess so. All right, fuck Mary kill. May Young. Fuck. I don't care what the rest are. <laughs> You're gonna have a hand baby soon. Hell man. yeah. Uh we'll do we'll do May Young. We'll do uh no, we're not doing that because I can't think of three. Um fuck Mary Kill, fuck Mary Kill. Can they be dudes? Sure, I don't care. Why not? Yeah, fuck it. Okay. Uh three man band. Fuck Mary Kill. Who is that? Heath Slater, Jinder Mahal. Gender and Drew McIntyre. Also, if when you pick <laughs> fuck, you have to tell me if you would be top or bottom. Okay. Um, let me th- look at Joe's looking above. <laughs> Yo. I just want to. I just gotta look at gender like real good because I kn- I know what he looks like, but I gotta get a good look at him. He's jacked. I, I know, dude. Fucking fuck you, bro. 
Okay, so I'm marrying Heath because right now with all this fucking stimulus money for the extra kids, he got kids. So we're getting we're, we're running off the fucking check. Um, I think we're killing gender and we're gonna have sex with fucking Drew McIntyre because he's the champ right now. Okay. Damn, man, that's fucking that's solid as fuck, man. I could I could I could feel that. Oh, you're, gonna, you're gonna be feeling somebody in a minute. You gotta fucking pick. <laughs> I'll give you mine too while he thinks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would I would marry Drew because uh, I feel like he's got the most money. I'd fuck I'd fuck uh, Heath Slater. Yeah, dude. Only because I feel like he's got the smallest dick out yeah, of all of yeah, them. Yeah, he's the he's the smallest one, hundred percent. And we all have to take it, otherwise it's not cool. So <laughs> it's not cool. <laughs> so I'll I'll and then I would, but dude. I don't, and I would kill gender because to me, he's the, probably the strongest one. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So if I could kill the strongest dude, fuck the richest dude, get fucked by the smallest dick, I think I win there. Joe, yeah, you got to pick somebody. I, all right, I agree. Yeah, so, get out of this. Yeah, no, I, I can agree. I uh, definitely want to kill gender because I don't, I don't want to get fucked by him 100%. <laughs> and I really, I don't. Is he like the sweetest guy? You know, right, I you know what? Because him. we answer this, you have to switch yours. It's, it's, would you I, I, rather yeah, yeah. suck their dick or them fuck you in the ass and you pick each each one of them? So gender, okay, would you okay, okay. Suck oh, I'll just, dick? Yeah, I'll just suck his dick, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, yeah, Heath yeah. Slater, would you take Heath in the Slater? ass? Um, yeah, yeah, Heath Slater. I, well, I guess I would take it from him. He's okay. not too big, you know what I mean? Like he's not gonna really crush you to be right. Honest. Yeah, yeah, but he ain't pulling yeah. out. He got kids. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I, I, you, yeah, fuck it. You know what I mean? It is what it is. You got that you got that fucking Ohio State Buckeye going on. <laughs> All right. And then the last one is uh gender. No, oh, Drew, Drew McIntyre. Yeah. He Drew, Drew has like... a fat cock, dude. You know he has a fat cock. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't you can't front. And he's so good looking. You gotta look up to him while you're sucking. Yeah, his dick, yeah. Too. You gotta definitely either way, you gotta fucking ride, dude. Um yeah. I'm glad this podcast was like three hours. Yeah, I would, I would have to suck his dick too because that dude has a fucking monster. You already know what time it is. Yeah, dude. He got, he got a, you know that, you think that sword's big that he pulls out of the fucking <laughs> ramp? It was supposed to be his dick, but it couldn't fit. It was too big. <laughs> Motherfucker. You guys oh, got me fucked fuck. up. <laughs> and I'm cucking to Mae Young. She gets to watch. Right, yeah, she watches. <laughs> Motherfuckers. All right. All right. So, Number nine is uh, that that question. The last question should have been the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Uh, <laughs> the ninth question is, what's the biggest misconception about you? I think people don't know that I'm actually a nice person, but I don't want them to know that either. You know, but I, right. I think my biggest. I think pe people after a show, they go, "He's huge dickhead, he's huge asshole." Um, I don't think I am. Uh, I can be. I think we all can be. All right, dude. But I think I think the biggest misconception is like, oh, he's an asshole. I don't want to talk to him. He's going to be mean to me. Um, and I know that like people like after shows, I'll get messages and stuff. And they're like, I was just scared to come say hi. I'm like, why? Like you you came out to support me. Why would I not be yeah. grateful for that? Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's the big I'm a I'm an asshole, I think, is the biggest misconception. And I think they I think a lot of people on social media think like um, that I'm this huge like man whore type thing because I do all the you know I did the interviews with the porn stars and stuff and like they're probably like oh he probably hooks up with strippers and and all. I'm like dude like it's just like any other job like I would still have to pay to try and fuck them <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not gonna happen no so I don't know like 
Those would be the two. And the last question is, would you trade in The Rock's movie career to have a longer Stone Cold wrestling career? So we get rid of all of The Rock's movies. Yeah. And we get and a longer... And let's just say, hypothetically, then, everything Stone Cold has done after prolonging his career has been everything great. It's nothing... Nothing was any shallow moment. I don't think that would have happened. Because I think he That's was why there. I said hypothetically, because I think it would have got dull and we wouldn't have the the longevity of the well, Austin 316. When they did the whole, like, the three-brand thing, it was boring to me. And um, you can't be, like, an old badass anymore. I don't think he would have been as badass. You know what I mean? And plus, I think The Tooth Fairy is probably the greatest movie ever made. So <laughs> Right, dude. No, I, I, you know what, man? I love The Rock so much mm-hmm. that, um, and I am a rock guy over Austin. Um, even if it was reversed, where I could say who would have a longer career wrestling, I would have taken The Rock strictly based off of um, Stone Cold was already fighting injuries when he was becoming the yeah, guy dude, in WWE. Right. Um, the Rock, fucking look at him. Mm-hmm. He could go right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I'm taking the rock all day. Got you. All right. So that basically concludes our podcast. But before you go, I wanted to know if you wanted to plug any shows or merchandise or anything of that. Yeah. Um, if you Google um, children being touched by older men and click images, you'll see all of my dates. Uh, <laughs> check them out. Make sure you click on all of them. Uh, and, and the FBI gets your IP address. <laughs> Uh, no, I, uh, I don't, I, so yeah, I'm doing some, uh, the comedy club is definitely open on Epstein Island right now. People uh, dude, for sure, <laughs> dude, they're killing it too. Um, I'll be opening there, uh, this week with Jerry Sandusky <laughs> tickets go on sale this Thursday. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't know, man, like just fucking follow me on social media, Matt light, Matt light comedy, uh, Snapchat, Mayor Pittsburgh. I you guys would appreciate this. I won't send it to you though. I used to Snapchat my dick, um, not to women, because that's weird. I would send it to my friends and I would, but I would draw on it. Dude, I drew my dick as Brock Lesnar and made it cock Lesnar. <laughs> if you want to see it, I'll send you it. Yo. Listen, bro, oh, it fuck. looks just like him. <laughs> I fucking like, believe you. <laughs> It's like cock lesnar, dude. I'll tell you. Holy and then it shit. said eat skeet repeat on the t-shirt. <laughs> like, dude, you, like, we used to do that all the time. Like it was like uh like if there's Monday Night Football and Joe, it was Chode Flacco, and I would just put a fucking purple jersey on my dick. Just like, like, Jesus Christ. But it's like it's it's like not the traditional unsolicited dick pic. Yeah, like it's yeah. a group chat with all dudes. <laughs> Uh, where we just think it's hysterical. Yeah, dude. I did. I, there was a kid in high school that used to fuck it. It was like right as Snapchat fucking got got popular, and he used to fucking send all, everybody. It was it'd be picture him basically, I guess, a doggy style or something. But his girl would put googly eyes on his fucking balls and then she'd draw elephant ears oh on my his God. <laughs> <laughs> and then it always have like fucking National Geographic music playing, and then it should be narrated. <laughs> oh my god, dude! What the fuck? That's amazing. By the way, man, what's your mic? Your light up mic there. I like this. That. This is the HyperX Quadcast. 
Do you um, like it? It's cool, man. Um, it's yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's like all right. It. Yeah, no, it's cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I would like to get something better, but it's it works for now. It looks cool though. Yeah. So I they don't got know a, what my sound. This like. is like the so that's the blue yeti. Is that what you're using? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're 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 like they compare, bro. <laughs> As his sound starts turning into shit. No, they yeah. compare though. No, they they hundred percent compare with each other. <laughs> my th- the thing about the yeti though is this cord fucking because the way that it's built these cords go bad yeah so bro like, you can't move it once right. you start it's yeah even this thing is still like the old like usb style it's not like the type c you know what i mean it's like yeah it's not an upgrade but they do have a newer version it's got like you can pick the color of the light and shit like this one's just default always red okay. but hey it's cool man you know what i mean yeah sick all right matt well we definitely appreciate you fucking right man all this time with us yeah man oh and, dude uh, i had a blast bro yeah me sure. too we'd love uh, to have you on again man Anytime, man. Anytime. Sweet. Just let me know. And uh, and I'd love to be on, man. You guys are a lot of fun. All right. Appreciate we appreciate you, you, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sweet. Hey, Thanks, guys. Have a good night, brother. See you, man. Later. Good night. And always remember, that's...